have I got a story for you. A serial dater has finally found her bowl. <laughs> Was that too corn, corny flakes, corn flakes? But it wasn't always that easy. Her artistic soul craved direction, freedom, and competition. So what did she do? Directed plays, win beauty pageants, date military guys, drink with her parents during the COVID quarantine, and apply to Survivor to show those bitches how mentally manipulative she can be. <sighs> and we didn't even get to her Catholic conflict yet. Yep, it was a good talk. But first, a word from today's sponsor, Fried Pickles. Please, please, don't cringe. You haven't even tried them yet. And if your bitch-ass keto-loving self did cringe, take your fucking abs and your ass up out of this carnival. Because this ad ain't for you, Cletus. We trying to eat. We want those folks who are down with some self-loving and taste-budding satisfaction. Those kind of people who don't count calories, shit, they might not even know what a calorie is. But sure as hell know what a good old time is. And who hasn't had a good time where a fat, juicy, plump pickle wasn't involved? Now coat that succulent, savory, veggie in panko-encrusted, paprika-flavored batter. Then put it in your mouth. I said your motherfucking mouth. And tell me you ain't doing better. Bite down and through that God-given blessing of sweet and sour, mouth-filling fun, and tell me you don't want more. Your mouth has never had this type of satisfying country girth in it before, and it won't again till you place your next order. So quit depriving yourself. You've earned a little fun with your tongue. Savor the flavor of a fried pickle. It's just the right amount of phallic symbolism and wholesomeness that every American should enjoy. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You Pod. We need your support. Please encourage your friends, whether they be real or strictly social media friends, <laughs> to follow. That seemed redundant because here comes another friend. To follow and friend us here at the Getting to Know You Pod. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're listening and haven't friended us, we are lonely. Oh, so lonely. What the fuck am I singing so much for in this intro? Jesus. What does that say about me? Please, do it. If for nothing other than our self-esteem here in the studio. Also, after sending that friend request, please subscribe and rate the pod on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Google Play, wherever the fuck you got this pod playing. These ratings and followings matter, and we really appreciate you taking the time to validate our work. Finally, send us your handler email, or the handler email of someone you think we should get to know. We'd love to learn about them and listen to their stories here on the Getting to Know You pod. We appreciate it. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. 
getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know Olivia. Olivia, who is coming to us from snowy northern New York and also thought that I was a Canadian. How are you, Olivia? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's a chill little Saturday. Um, yeah. Got a decent... I did think you were Canadian. I was I was almost positive. Yeah, right. So what, what did you hear that made you think that? Because I'm curious, could I maybe just start claiming that I'm Canadian? Yeah, you totally could. So I went to college in Canada. And there's something about maybe the roundness of the way you speak, the roundness in the way you pronounce your vowels. I don't know. I just, I totally hear some Canadian in there, but I don't know. You're not even that close to Canada. So I don't know. Yeah. Not, not that close. I think I've been to Toronto once though. Um, yeah. But so then it's funny you say the vowel thing. Cause the, the whole about, about like how yeah. it's, they, they pronounce it like a boat. Yes. But you don't say that. Dude, so I'll be talking to two or three people and um, everything's just what I would call like common dialect, like normal for me to hear. And then they hit that mm-hmm. about and you're like, yeah, you're fucking Canadian. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> about uh, there's so many different words. And then they have just different ways of speaking. They say instead of I'm going to take a shower, they say I'm going to have a shower, which I've never heard before. Oh, okay. It was- it was really weird going to Canada for the first time in school. And I was like, actually, these people speak so differently from me. <laughs> and at the same time, they don't. They don't. Yeah. How, so funny. did your parents hate you and they sent you to a boarding school? No. Were you a no, troubled I went child? To university. Uh, no, 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 I went to university there. which So I said university instead of college, which is another difference. But I went to Queen's University up there. So um, it's actually like 45 minutes from where I live. And what led to that? international schooling oh I it's funny because I had visited a bunch of different schools in the northeast and I went to just visit Kingston one day because it's so close to home and my uncle said you should check out the university here and I was like no way I'm not going to school in Canada that's never going to happen but I stepped foot onto the campus and I knew instantly that's where I was supposed to be. Oh. I was, I thought to myself, I'm going to find a program. It was just that magical moment. And I just thought to myself, I have to do this. I have to do it. What was it about the campus? Oh, it's so beautiful. Everything is just stunning there. <laughs> it's right on the lake. It's just, and the people are just so nice there and, and not even the Canadian stereotype nice. It was just in Kingston, people are so kind and, it was just very warm. It felt warm, it, although it's very not warm, but it felt <laughs> warm. It was, it, there's just something about it. I don't even know how to explain it, that feeling. Um, and I've never, no idea, never been, but I'm picturing in my head as soon as you said lake, it's got to be like one of those like open trees, like just grass and you're walking kind of on these long paths to class or is it like a real tight, small campus? You know, it, it's a little bit of both because it has this European feel to it. So, you know, there is the expansiveness, but it, you also have this nice feel of a city without being too big of a city and compact. So it has the best of both worlds because I'm from a really small town. So getting the best of the both worlds of the beautiful, expansive open spaces and the lake, but also having that nice city feel is yeah. was so perfect. Like shit to actually do and not just yes. doing the same thing every 
not just look outside at the out, at the snow out of my window <laughs> right yeah was yeah. it was it a four-year degree what'd you wind up studying I, I had a weird degree. It was called stage and screen studies. So I studied film, media, and drama oh. all packed into one degree. Um, but it was a four-year degree in all of those things, gotcha. which was so fun. Yeah. So you're – and I don't know if like anytime people come on, they actually um, get like a bump in followers or exposure or whatever. But mm-hmm. so your IG is Olivia Grant Creative, right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, um, you do like this photography of people right? Actually, no. I So I did um uh, for COVID oh. and everything going on, I did the front door project. That's I actually don't I, specialize. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I actually don't specialize in people at all. I actually am a product photographer, but <laughs> I just wanted to try something new and <laughs> do the front door project and give people some portraits for charity. But I'm a product photographer and a videographer. I just started a business, which it was a very interesting time to start my own business. That's for sure. Yeah. Is anybody like paying for advertising and that kind of um, like looking for that stuff or is it like, yeah, actually, actually, cause a lot of e-commerce companies are doing just fine. So I get some business with them, but I also have, I just booked a graduation cause, cause graduations aren't going to be the same. So there's this one school near me that is actually shooting their graduation and watching it on a big screen like a drive-in so I'm I just got that job which is so cool I'm so excited about that oh so you're you're gonna almost like be the director kind of a thing or is it more just like uh like special camera work because I'm so ignorant to the field kind of like a wedding so kind of like a wedding videographer but for graduation gotcha and is were you thinking when you were in your Canadian university that you were like hey I'm gonna be the person that takes pictures of objects no no I thought I was gonna be a famous singer I was like yeah after college I'm moving to New York City and I'm going to be a famous singer but that is not how that worked out at all it's not as easy to move to New York City as one would think you need a lot of money (laughs) and I didn't have that right out of college that's for sure so the plan changed and life changed which it's kind of been cool to discover what other skills I have you know yeah definitely well and I, I imagine when you're stage screen drama studies, you're just getting to experience a whole bunch of different facets and find yeah. different strengths of um of your own. Yeah, you know, I've always I've always had a ton of different passions, and I never kind of knew what direction I wanted to go in. And I finally, fi- after my twenties, early twenties existential crisis, I finally figured out where I want to be, which is great. <laughs> what um. What made you, how come you just don't like sing where you're at? Like just go to the bar and be like a karaoke star kind of a thing. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I don't play an instrument or anything. I just am a vocalist. Uh, I do, yeah, I do community theater, which is so much fun. Um, so I'm in a lot of shows where I am, but I don't know. I just never, I don't, I, I don't know. I think I might be scared to take that passion of mine and make it into a career because I I think it might be one of those passions that should stay a side passion you know what I mean Uh, do you understand like it's it's a weird concept but I don't know yeah and I well I've never known a ton of famous singers maybe not any Mm -hmm. um but I mean it is a fucking job right like you do now have like a schedule and you have to do things when maybe you don't want to and yeah it can I it can take the joy out of it if it becomes a grind like work yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how I feel. I just I love doing it when I want to do it, and I'm afraid that if I were to take theater or 
singing and take it to the next level and try to grind at it. I just don't know if I would love it as much. Are you, so were you going to try to be poppy, bluesy, country? What was your uh, genre? I, I'm a little bit of a pop soul mix, actually. I have a little bit of a soulful voice. So that's kind of where I was going to go with it. Just the pop jazz soul kind of genre. Singer songwriter, you know, all that stuff. Oh, and were you writing it too, huh? I was. I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I don't really play an instrument, but I can plunk the piano. So I was able to write a little bit. Dude, that's kind of, yeah, man. I, the more creative people I speak to, the more I'm so fucking jealous of like how they're talented in several areas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, I like, I think my ultimate career goal is probably to just be a, a well-rounded creative. So, you know, if I have a YouTube channel and I'm singing and I do this videography stuff, you know, I just kind of want to be, I want to dip my toes into a little bit of everything. Gotcha. Did you, what, did you discover a little bit of a path that you didn't expect in college with all these, um, with all the opportunities to study or did you go in knowing like, Hey, I'm going to try to be this all around faceted person. Well, it's kind of funny that that story kind of, it goes back a long way for me. I was, when I was little, I was this big sports star and I loved soccer and basketball and I was just this tomboy and I actually have this vascular disorder and I all of a sudden couldn't play sports anymore, doctor's orders. So I was just forced out of that world and into this new world of theater. I saw a poster for auditions for Aladdin Jr. on the wall and I was like, should I do that? Is that is that super <laughs> lame to be in theater? I was, I was this like big shot sports star when I was a kid and all of a sudden I was going to be a theater kid and it changed my life. So I just have been, ever since that moment, I've been trying new things and being creative. So when I went into college, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. And do they have like a reputation for like the network? So I, I guess I, I think a lot of college is more like, Hey man, you're going to meet people that are probably going to be like around your field and you have the opportunity to network. Mm-hmm. And then as you all grow and come of age, whatever, you kick each other jobs or you can brainstorm reflect is the Kingston and it's Kingston university, right? Or am I? Yeah. It's Queens university in Kingston, Ontario. Yeah. Queens. So is Queens university known to have this like creative department that just is great or really is just the campus. You're like, man, it's going to be dope to live here. Yeah. Um, well, Queens, not really. And it, 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 I went to this camp when I was in, um, high school and it was called stage door manor. And it's this performing arts camp. And I remember one of the camp counselors who was actually very connected in the theater and performance world. His number one piece of advice was go to don't go to the school that is known for performing and all that stuff that's famous for it, like a Juilliard or whatever. Go to the school that's up and coming. Oh. And it's funny because it had just worked out that Queens University was going to be building this huge performing arts center right when I was about to go. So the year after my first year, I was a part of this, this new building. It was beautiful. So it actually just worked out like that. And it was kind of my last, other than the beautiful campus. I, I remember that piece of advice and I was like, maybe this is the right choice then because of this brand new place, this brand new facility. Gotcha. And it was, it was great. (laughs) Did you get into like musicals and plays? Like, is, was that part of it as well? Like you actually had to perform? Yeah, it, there was a, 
there were a few classes that you could do musicals and be a part of things for credits. But I also had to do every single facet of theater. So I did head of wardrobe once, which went horribly wrong. It was so hard. And, (laughs) you know, I directed all that stuff. So you kind of had to try everything because they always say that you become a better performer when you understand what everybody else on set does. So that was really interesting because I'm going to tell you right now that performing is the easiest part of a production. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I bet so. Because everyone's like there to serve you. You're the fucking star, right? The actors are royalty, you know? You kind of just get to sit around and do nothing. And I I directed a production of Rocky Horror in my hometown. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I was hustling just to get this stuff done. It was insanely difficult, but it was so worth it, you know? To like organize people to keep them on task or just the, everything the big yeah picture. organize people get your set going get the concept of the show and I'm a little bit of a perfectionist so I wanted every single little detail to be perfect so <laughs> there was that too and, but it's crazy yeah and what did you do with all that power like by day 35 <sighs> were you just screaming at people constantly asking for no. more coffee and lattes no I'm, I'm a little bit of a pushover to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> so I was I had a co-director so he was a little bit more of the um lay down the law guy but you know I, I found it a little bit difficult it was a funny dynamic because I'm pretty young I'm 24 and I was I think I was 23 at the time that I directed this was a year ago and I find that I found that a lot of people didn't take me seriously you know it was it's just that trying to gain people's respect is a full-time job in that world, you know? Even in like a little small town theater, huh? They got egos like that. That's crazy. Yeah, Because you have all the, you have all the older people who have been there for years and years and years who are kind of, you know, they're kind of royalty in that, in that regard. And so they see this young girl who's, you know, really eager and wide eyed to take on this huge production. And they're like, Oh boy, you know, so it was, it was really interesting to gain people's respect. Did you put, and it, dude, it's been so long. I know Rocky Horror is like this cult classic with a bunch of makeup and it's just like, well, I guess oh, most yeah. musicals are exuberant, but the, I, this fucker is like over uberly exuberant. Um, yeah, did, I love it. Did you do like, do you put your own twist on it? Are you following the movie? Are, are you following like a, um, a Broadway script? How are you, uh. How are you making it? I guess. Yeah. You know, it's, it was kind of, it was tough because, so we had the Broadway script, which is, I think was before the movie came out. It was before the movie came out. And Tim Curry, who plays the iconic character, Frankenfurter originated in the Broadway show. Um, So we were working with that, but you also, people know the the movie. So you have to stay true to that too, but also you have to put your own spin on it. So it's this delicate balance. And that's kind of the delicate balance in theater in general is you have this script and this abstract idea and you have what people know of it, but you also have to put your own spin on it. It's just, it's, it's really cool and a really awesome journey to go through. How do you fucking do that at 23, man? Like, how do you, (laughs) how do you put your own little spin onto a classic? Well, you know, I had some help. I had I had the help of my co-director, who's a very experienced director. Although I had I had most of the most of the creative reign on it. I don't know. I just went with my gut. That's what I always do. I yeah yeah. I mean, with videography, with photography, with everything, I 
it's for me, it's really not about the technical stuff. I'm not, I'm not a huge technical person. It's always what looks good and what feels good, which is probably a bad way to do it, but it's worked for me so far. (laughs) You you think that's a bad way to direct is to make shit look good and feel good? (laughs) Well, you know, but at, at the expense of not doing it maybe technically the right way you know what i mean yes <laughs> using all the, the all the stuff that you learned in school you know oh i see what you're, you're just saying. throwing it out the window god well and again i don't know man but i'm like i guess don't you kind of like learn those technicals like you maybe even call them fundamentals but then to mm-hmm. create them or to have them like bent to your own style yeah yeah i think yeah. that's i think that's definitely it's definitely the way that you want to go but I think being early in my career it's sort of you don't want to you don't want to abandon the fundamentals too soon but I you know I I have and I don't care you know right well yeah like can you give me an example because I don't know like a technical Mm -hmm. theater thing like you had everybody talking with their back to the audience yeah well yeah I mean (laughs) especially with Rocky Horror you you kind of got to go off the fundamentals, but you know, there's, I guess I could, the best way to, the best way to say it would probably be with photography or videography. I don't really, I don't really look at all the numbers on the camera. I just kind of look and I, I like to see what looks good. And then sometimes I ignore all of the technical, you know, the F stop and the shutter speed, but you, you know, you have to know that stuff, but sometimes I just kind of, go with what my gut says <laughs> rather than all the fundamental okay. stuff got you got you that's yeah. making sense you're thinking that way see i was thinking of it like um i, I was focused more on the directing thing because i've never mm-hmm. been in charge of any kind of thing like that and just wondering like do you feel bad when you have a classic trying to like make it your own but at the same time i think you're expected to make it your own or have your own mm-hmm. style to it yeah uh, it, that's i mean that was definitely that was definitely the question. And I, I think you have to stick as much. It, I don't know. It, it's so funny. Just it, it's so funny to talk about this because, you know, you kind of don't even think about it in the moment. But when you look back on it, you're like, oh, my goodness. I don't know. It, it, it just kind of happened. <laughs> were you like an over planner where you had like storyboards galore and you were no. just picturing it like crazy? Or you were like, hey, man, we're on page two. Let's figure out page two today. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think this is where I kind of abandoned the fundamentals because I didn't do a ton of directing the actors. I kind of let them feel out what they thought was good and what felt good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, it it was, you know, in every directing class you want to, you know, the director's in charge and you have to have all this, you know, I have to have all these storyboards and plans and a, explanation for every move that you make but for me it was about like letting the actors feel out the moments especially the uncomfortable moments because rocky horror is full of uncomfortable moments that are you know potentially could it, it could be a really awkward rehearsal process if if everybody is not on the same page what are the uncomfortable moments <laughs> i mean there's there's a lot of um sex scenes and you know all of that so, uh, you, you know, you gotta have, you have to make sure your actors feel safe in those, in that situation. Got you. Is it like orgy type stuff? Cause again, like I just remember the one dude with the black hair and the lipstick and like the, yeah. the, the black, like I, I forget that dude, he's a pretty famous actor, but like mm-hmm. that's who I pops in my head, but I don't think I've ever actually seen the Rocky horror show. I just oh know my like, gosh, you have to, you have to watch it. I, it's, it's insane. 
Yeah. So, so good. is it like group stuff or is it just like this one dude just hooking up with people? Oh, it's everything. Is it, it, you know, there's, there's a big, there's a big abstract orgy at the end, which okay. is very fun. And then there's, you know, the whole concept is these two all American kids get engaged, not kids, but you know, early twenties, they get engaged and they go to tell their, their professor that they're engaged, but they get lost in the rain and the storm and they stumble on this uh frankenfurter's mansion who is the character that you were talking about gotcha and so they're these stuck up people and they're just loosened up by this guy who has sex with both of them and all that fun stuff so you know it's all it's a bunch of craziness but so fun dude yeah i was gonna say so you're not like blushing the whole time huh you're like watching these people like theater themselves through intercourse and you're like you know we get a little more hips in here a little more passion a little more moaning like that seems so so awkward (laughs) yeah I mean it's under a blanket and nothing everything is simulated so you know like that's the thing is I'm not blushing because I know what's actually going on and the actors know what's actually going on but audience it looks real yeah yeah you know, it's weird when your parents are in the audience watching your production that was well but that's what I'm saying it's like like, what do you do? So you're saying you don't really like tell the director or tell the actors what to do, but like in your head, you're thinking like, you know what, a little more hair flip there or a little oh, more yeah. like angst on your fate. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of let the actors do what they feel is right. And then you tweak from there. Um, and then like, yeah, I mean, you, you got to make it look good. So mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit more moaning, whatever. <laughs> yeah and how does that conversation go with your parents like because this is your first time directing things that like is a, sh- a theater show right like this is a yeah. sell tickets yeah. make some money kind of a thing right yeah I mean my, my parents are pretty used to it at this point because I've been in theater you know all throughout college and stuff so they've seen a lot of productions and I'm a pretty open person so I'm I've kind of pushed the envelope a little bit so they're, they're pretty used to all the crazy stuff that I've done okay. um so they were prepared Got and they've seen the movie, so. Okay, yeah, so they're not, like, overly conservative or anything like that. Oh, no, definitely not. Got definitely you. not. Gotcha. <laughs> Dude, that's that's hilarious. I, I didn't, it's, I guess that's sad, but, <laughs> and this is why I'm thinking about it. So um, I've worked in beaches, and I work in a resort town that's um been called the gay summer capital of the world. Oh, awesome. That sounds <laughs> of the East amazing. Coast. It, I mean, there's, there's a ton of... um people so you know we get dc we get philly we get baltimore tourists and i feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the um professionals especially like early 90s when there wasn't so much acceptance um yeah. could be accepted they could walk around they could hold hands they could kiss each other and like oh. like somewhat publicly and not be like you're not being gawked at or or yeah. felt like you know like everything's fucking stopping yeah. So I actually lived with um, two gay guys while I was going through college. I rented a room from them, um, two older mm-hmm. dudes that I worked with. And um, yeah. they loved fucking Rocky Horror. And I never knew why. Like, I never took the time to understand why. But, like, they'd have dudes over and, like, everyone fucking referenced Rocky Horror all the time. And fucking Halloween yeah. comes around and it's Rocky Horror. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And when you explained it that way, I'm like, yep, makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's a story of, you know, at the at the core of it, it's a story of acceptance and just letting letting yourself go and not being so uptight. It's it's just a really cool story. And, you know, that's the reason I wanted to direct it where I am, because, you know, I live in a really small conservative town in okay. upstate New York, and I am not a s- small conservative 
gal. So <laughs> I just wanted to bring that here. And, you know, I, the we sold out every single night in this town and I was shocked. It was so cool to see. It's just such a, you know, you never think, you know, you have all these preconceived judgments about your hometown, but we, we packed the house every single night. So it was really cool to see the community accept it. So you actually got to pick what you were going to direct or they didn't like the theater board didn't pick it. And then you applied to direct it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also on the board. Oh um, shit. Um, yeah. Power play. <laughs> Not really. Um, you basically just, you, you get with the artistic committee and you pitch the show that you want to do. And you know, you pick your committee, you pick your choreographer, blah, blah, blah. And you, you know, you pitch the show and people vote on it and say either yes or no. And it was a yes, which is great. Dude, that sounds hell of accomplished for a 23-year-old, to be honest yeah. with you. I, I mean, I think so. <laughs> it was, you know, that was probably one of my proudest moments ever, just directing that show. It was so fun. It was just, it was a really cool moment to watch it happen, actually happen, and it not be crappy, you know? Yeah. Were, <laughs> That's always your fear. Were you able to, because when the show's going on, you're you're no longer directing, you're just fucking watching, right? Or are you like backstage? Like- yeah. Yeah, I sat with the lighting guy just to, you know, just to go over the lighting stuff, but he had his he had it all covered. So I was just kind of watching with pride and I was I was dressed up because everybody dresses up to go see Rocky Horror. So I was I was all dressed up in my outfit and I was just watching with such pride because you know, you grow to love the people that you do theater with. It's it's a family. So it's yeah. like watching your family perform and accomplish something so exciting and the whole audience is screaming out all the call outs for Rocky Horror. And it was just really cool just to sit back and relax and watch it and drink too. Of course I had some booze. <laughs> oh, is it nice dude? It's fucking theater like that, huh? Oh yeah. You get, there was a, there was a bar and everything. People could get drinks. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. And I bet you the fucking drinks were flowing. Like if Rocky Horror oh, seems yeah. like it's like, that's the point to just get fucking bent. And oh yeah. Just oh, yeah. act a fool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause they're, everybody's screaming like, you know, they, when whenever somebody says the main character's name, which is Janet, they yell slut. And like, so everybody is just like <laughs> drunk. Even my dad was doing it. You know, it's just everything. You know, every every rule goes out the window with this, with this show. Wait, so there are like particular, like, 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 what is that? Callbacks? What, like yeah. audience responses to different things in there? You got to go to one of the Rocky Horror showings because people throw stuff they they have confetti they throw toast there's all these different cult call outs and actions that you do when you watch the movie it is so fun you got you definitely have to go to a showing if you have one in your area because it's just the coolest thing ever i might even fucking go yell certain things at certain times it's super cool it's yeah it's like an audience filled with tourettes that just gets to fucking act (laughs) out man yeah jesus i had no idea I've had no idea what I've been missing out on. Yeah, you gotta. You got if you this Halloween, if you have something in your area, you really should go because yeah. you'll you'll be addicted forever. I promise, dude. I fucking I be, I believe it, man. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. man, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'm now 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 I'm just flabbergasted. I guess I'm like, man, I gotta fucking cue that bitch up tonight and watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you gotta you gotta get familiar with everything, and then you go to your they they would call you a Rocky Horror virgin. You've never been to a showing. Yeah, and I bet you just stick out, right? Like you go in your khakis yeah, and a polo shirt, and you're like, you're fresh, fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody's dressed up in like lingerie, <laughs> and you're like, and you're just regular outfit. Exactly. You know? I'm like, no, I wore a tie. I thought yeah. it was formal. <laughs> yeah. 
it's really it's it's interesting you got you got to do it are you working on another thing now or are you doing more of the photography focus and uh taking a little backseat to theater yeah right now well there's no theater right now obviously yeah. so you know i'm my co-director and I are actually trying to reprise it near us, which is kind of, I don't know if that's, you know, open information, but whatever. I don't really care. But we're trying to do it again this year, which would be so cool. Do Rocky Horror again or direct yeah. again? Yeah. Okay. Doing Rocky Horror again. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, we, we were kind of stewing over that. But yeah, there's no theater going on right now. I've done a few. I've acted in a few productions since then. But right now I'm just kind of focusing on my business because I just started it. Gotcha. So I got to kind of get that going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me, yeah. before, um, I shouldn't say before, but what, what's what been your favorite role that you got to act out? Oh man, that's really tough. Um, it's okay. Everyone has a favorite child and yeah, everyone right? has a favorite role. They just don't want yeah. to admit it. <laughs> I think I was in that camp I went to that I was talking about earlier. I was Abigail Williams in The Crucible which is a juicy part. It's so scandalous, so juicy. And I've definitely found that I'm way more into dramatic acting than I am comedy, um, just because you kind of get to lose yourself in a part. And so Abigail Williams was my favorite. Although I'm, I do mostly musicals, I, I think that that was my first ever straight play and probably my favorite experience. Because, so Abigail is the one that initially, like, is she the one that sleeps with the guy? Yeah. That gets it all yeah. exposed. Yeah, so she's sleeping with John Proctor, who, and it. she's this young girl in the in the town, and she's having this affair with this established guy, and all of that, and she's kind of just goes crazy. She just goes nuts, and she's so into this guy, and she's there's everything going on with the witch trials and stuff, and she pretends to see demons because she wants to get his wife in trouble it, it was right. so so juicy such a good part it was so fun in the movie is that um god see i suck at talking about movies. winona rider yeah winona rider so that's her right yeah oh yep. shit yeah dude wow so that's yeah. your favorite role oh yeah hands down hands down anything dramatic and emotional like that is definitely favorite and manipulative and oh, yeah. leading a cult Wow. Yep. <laughs> I love that. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that's another, um, another, the movie was good, but I bet you like on stage, if you're in a theater, like you could just do a lot to just the emotion and the passion that would come along with that. There's just so much to that story. Yeah. And you just, it was, it was probably one of the only times and I was so, I was so, so young when I did this, but it was probably one of the only times I ever lost myself in, in a part, you know, cause musical theater is amazing, but it's, it's usually pretty simple and you have to focus on the singing and the technique and all that stuff. But with this, I just, I remember my, I remember imagining there was one point where Abigail had to like fake that she saw a demon in the sky Oh yeah. and my whole body was tingling and it was just the, the most surreal experience. And I do miss that part of theater. I, I really, there's not a lot of those productions around here. Cause again, it's kind of a small town. So you know, this small town likes Annie and it likes all of the fun comedies, but mm. the, we're not so into the, the the deep, dark shows around here. So I do miss that a lot, but it, it is such a cool experience. Man. Yeah. And so you haven't thought like, man, instead of going to be a singer in New York, I'm just going to go do the whole off Broadway, Broadway, just worker type thing or. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't know. You know, that's something I, you know, I'm in, I'm in a place right now where I'm I'm going to stay here for a little bit longer and 
I, I definitely would. I'm, I'm definitely considering that and, you know, maybe trying out for some theater companies that are professional theater companies that actually pay the actors and stuff like that. Um, once I kind of make my next move, but while I'm here, I'm kind of just sticking to <laughs> the, the other stuff like production and all that. Gotcha. Yeah. You had mentioned um, something about a 20s existential crisis earlier, which seems extremely dramatic and like it would be fun to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I feel like everybody has that in their early 20s because, you know, it's I well, I actually had I had this podcast myself and it was all about navigating early 20s because I was so lost in my early 20s after college. You know, I had this vision, like I said, of what my life was going to be. I was going to move to New York. I was going to be a famous singer, actress, whatever. And I, that didn't happen. And it, and it was not easy to find myself in my hometown, completely unsure of what I wanted to do with my life, you know, and you're, you're a mess. You're a mess in your early twenties anyway. And like, there, there are new struggles with mental health that you might be facing. It's just, I think everybody has that moment post-college where they're like, wait, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? You know, they don't prepare you for that in school. You don't think so? Or do you I don't think, think it, so. Or, Not in well, I'm just wondering, do you think it's more like because of the what you studied, right? Like, I think if you go to school yeah. to be an accountant or a doctor sure. or a lawyer, it's like, hey, man, I know what I fucking do. I go apply for a law job or, yeah. I, you know, I start crunching numbers. But I'm like wondering, man, you were so vast in the uh, education does, is it like overwhelming because there's almost so many options? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think that is part of it, sure. You know, maybe if I had gone to, you know, study to be a nurse or a doctor or whatever, or, you know, if there was something that was very clear cut, maybe that would have been easier. Right. But I think just in general, I, I, at least like when I had that podcast going on, the general consensus of people my age were like, was like, oh my goodness, I don't know who I am as a person, you know, like now I have to figure that out. And, oh, in, wow. and a lot of people don't want to be defined by their jobs. So it's kind of that, kind of that moment where you're like, well, shit, who am I now? I have to be a real adult human. And like, you know, the coming with that too, is how do I pay my taxes? How do I do all this? How, like, <laughs> you know, how do I have to be an adult because you know, the, like, like I said, they don't teach how to do that shit. And you're like, wait, what, how do I get renter's insurance? What am I supposed to do now? You know? Yeah. So is a little bit of the crisis, is it more figuring out or is it more like just being okay with having all this responsibility? I I think for me, it was just finding my purpose and trying to understand who, who I was and how I was going to move about the world. And, and you know, I was confused and I don't know. It was just, it's kind of hard to describe because yeah, there, there's so many different elements to it. There, at least for me, there are so many different elements to my little twenty early twenties existential crisis, which I am now out of, which is great. <laughs> out of the forest. <laughs> out of the forest. Right. So and then, then you had dating onto it too, and you're like, oh gosh, there's a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> because of small town stuff, or because just you're like posturing with this person, kind of a thing. Both trying to figure out who you are. Yeah, I don't, I, I think it's a lot of different things. I, definitely, um, I think dating is weird now, personally. I think it's just like, a, it's a weird, you know, there's technology, there's all these different, like, now now you can ghost people and just never talk to them again, which is crazy. <laughs> you know, I think that, I think, again, like, I, I think you're discovering who you are as a person and then people your age are also trying to figure out who they are. So it just gets, it gets murky and 
I don't know. I think I think dating can be confusing, especially nowadays. Interesting. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's um something I hadn't thought about, but I guess so. So like, are you, it's like can almost fuck with your self worth if you think you're into somebody and then all of a sudden it's like crickets. What happened? Yeah, definitely. Or you know, you know, maybe you're in a relationship you're not super happy in, but you feel you feel safe and you have all these complex emotions. You're starting to date seriously, at least for me, it's it's kind of, for me, it was, you're starting to date people seriously and you're getting a little bit older and, you know, you're trying to figure out what you want in a partner, like an actual life partner, if that's what you want in life, right? If you want a life partner. So, you know, maybe I'd, I'm not super into this guy and there's not that passion or fire, but he, it feels really safe and he feels very accomplished right so it's just kind of trying to navigate what you want in life and what you want in a partner and a job and all of that like what is it i actually want rather than what society tells me i'm supposed to want oh wow you were feeling like that deep huh like battling the whole like picket fence three kids and a dog kind of a thing yeah i mean not not necessarily i always knew i never wanted anything like that but it's just, you know, there's a lot of societal pressures, you know, whether it's about your body or your work or your relationship or whatever, you know, like, you know, it's kind of hard to navigate, and especially in a world of so much information and advertising getting thrown at us. It's like, what do I want amidst all this noise of what people tell me I, I, I should want, you know? Gotcha. So then did you go into the whole like meditative route where you were trying to find like solace and spirituality and answers and the universe kind of a thing? No, you know what? I actually went to therapy (laughs) and it was helpful. Yeah. It was just, you know, being able to talk to someone, I was, you know, I had so much anxiety and just seeking that professional help and not putting it, you know, all on my loved ones was so helpful for me. And it really gave me a lot of clarity and I was able to have coping mechanisms that were healthy and didn't include drinking all the time, you know, like it was very helpful for me. And, you know, I think it's also living, it's also learning to live with the discomfort until you find, until you find that, that solace in yourself, you know, and some people it takes longer than others, but I don't know. It's just a bunch of different things, but therapy was a big help. Yeah, I, I bet. Was it, was, and you don't have to like tell me an issue. I'm actually kind of curious about therapy as in like, they're more like listening and nodding, asking you questions that you're answering, or is it more like advice seeking and reaffirming like, Mm -hmm. Hey, it's okay that you're feeling this way. Hey, it's normal to feel this way. Hey, focus on you. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it, it was really an interesting experience because, you know, I've always been kind of an anxious gal. Um, so I, you know, it was something I had always felt. And so I went to therapy and I, you know, I, I know that I'm, you know, I've had this great life. I have this amazing family. I'm very privileged. I'm like, so why do I feel this way? And just talking to someone and having them reassure you that what you're feeling is normal. What you're doing isn't, doesn't make you a bad person, you know, all that stuff. You know, it was just, just talking to someone and just realizing that this is just a part of this stage of life. And you know, I actually had talked to this therapist on the podcast that I had, and I did an interview with him. And he's and he said in the interview that this is really common. He gets a lot of people in their early twenties coming in with this same stress that I have. It's a very interesting time because your your brain is still developing. You're still you're still trying to figure your life out. So he said it's a very common thing in your early twenties, which is really really comforting to know. But it, it's also like wow, other people are going through this too. 
And now you're feeling like you cope, huh? So how do you cope? Take pictures of stuff, exercise, (laughs) play with dolls. I think it's just, I don't know. It's just, I think it's finding self-love. That was what it was for me. And it sounds so cliche, right? Like, ugh, puke, right? But I think that learning to appreciate who you are as a person and finding self-love that's not in a relationship, not measuring your worth through what your job is and not comparing yourself to others, I think... Mm finding that self-love was huge for me. And now I'm, now I'm at a place where, you know, I'm still young, so I'm sure I'm going to go through a few other dips, but you know, I'm at a place where I can genuinely say that I love myself and I respect myself. So that was what it was for me. And you know, that's hard to come to, but slowly but surely you get there by just a series of decisions and all of that. So. Yeah. Got And now, and, um, I guess I'm thinking to me, it seems pretty interesting when, when you had said self-love finding worth, not in like the relationships or the jobs you have. Um, mm-hmm. Because I wonder if like a lot of that anxiety and I'm starting to get it too, is you, you don't want to say like first world problems or rich yeah. people problems or like, Hey, you're from oh a God. real family problems. But those <laughs> are like real things when you get this pressure of like, Oh my God, my brother's a doctor. Oh my God, my father is so accomplished. Oh my God, my sister has three kids already and her house is always spotless. Like, so that kind of shit was playing with you, huh? Yeah, I I, I don't know. You know, it's not necessarily, I, I don't know. It wasn't the comparison thing. I think it was just, I think it was just, I didn't know who I was. And I think that's what, I think that in society, I think we're often, you know, we're often measured by, our worth is often measured by who, like who we are and who we say we are. And, you know, everybody's like, you got to be yourself. You got to be yourself. That's the number one piece of advice. Go into a job interview, be yourself. But like, you don't know who you are when you're in your early twenties yet. So it's just being open to growth and all of that stuff is always, you know, that's kind of, I don't know. I know that doesn't really answer the question. It's just, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I guess I really, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, int- I was listening. I think it was, I forget who was saying it, but they, um, the point basically was if you're the same person that you were 10 years ago, have you really gone through self-improvement? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. You don't, you don't want to be that. So I wonder as a kid, you love the role and you love being almost like you were saying, like the jock and like, well, I'm a jock. Is it okay for me to mm-hmm. be a theater person? Because my identity is around this jock thing, right? Yeah. So you get to your twenties and you've grown up kind of finding comfort in knowing your role, knowing your identity, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm the person that always wears the hoodie. Why? Cause I'm the hoodie guy. And that's just yeah. what I, that's, that's how I roll, man. And then if I put mm-hmm. on a button up shirt, everybody looks at me and I feel weird cause they're expecting me to be the hoodie guy. Yeah. But at the same time, then you're getting to this point in your life where it's like, okay, now I'm actually developing a whole worldview. I've got more experiences and maybe I do mm-hmm. want to change. Right. And yeah. Got you. Got you. Got Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Like I remember going, when I was in college, I, at the beginning of college, I was super conservative and I was, you know, very rooted in Catholicism, which is what, that was my identity back then. And then I grew and I, learned about the world and I just I didn't identify with that way anymore now I'm very not conservative and I don't necessarily identify as Catholic anymore it's just you know you change so much and sometimes drastically it's crazy 
Yeah, that, I think that can be a big thing for kids too, or just people yeah. growing up is, man, you, you, whatever you grow up in, like religion, guilt, and especially Catholicism, <laughs> Jesus, if anyone figured out guilt, it's Catholics, man. Like, oh, it's, dude, it's, <laughs> you're telling me. <laughs> it's insane. So was that part of it? Are you like discovering in your early, like you're leaving college? Did you ditch? I shouldn't say ditch. That seems insensitive. Um, so when when did you start to drift away from the Catholicism in college, or oh, were you feeling gosh, that in yeah. high school? I I don't know. So there there's probably a series of things. The first thing was I lived in this in my second year of college. I lived in a Catholic house rather than in dorms. Oh wow! So I lived in this. Yeah, it was that. I was that serious about it. Um, and I lived in this Catholic house, and it was all girls and there's seven of us which was just terrible was <laughs> too many people and you know throughout that year I kind of just hated it I just I hated it we had to wake up every morning at 7 a.m for prayer which uh... is miserable and it was just it wasn't for me I felt very judged um I felt very judged by the community um I was in pageants at the time too so they didn't love that right so you know it was just this it, it, I didn't fit so I didn't fit in that community. Was the judgment based or, and um, I'm assuming like a beauty pageant type thing where it's like formal wear, dress wear, swim wear, talent show? Yeah. Yep. Talent. Yeah. And all that stuff. Gotcha. So, so you're the Catholic girl living in the Catholic house, strutting around in your bathing in suit. A bikini. Yeah. With a boyfriend, you know, like oh, couldn't have my boyfriend over. And, and they I, were like, I, they I were more strict they than my actually parents. kiss. <laughs> I know, right? I know. And then, you know, the second phase of it was probably pageants because in pageants the a huge number one part of i I competed in the miss america system and the number one part of that competition is interview and so you need to be educated on what's going on in the world you have to have opinions around big issues and as i learned more about the world and really figured out what my opinions on these big issues were i found myself going away from that conservative idea and away from the church and more into what I believed from studying all of these world issues. So I think that was the number one thing for me. Yeah. And it, it's funny. Cause just like what you had said about um, singing should stay a passion for you this way. It's not a job in the grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it get any more fucking grinding than like being a Catholic nun? <laughs> oh my gosh i know right, right? so like it, it it's funny because they do they almost like they they encourage people who are at a natural age where they're wanting to explore and instead of encouraging kids or young adults to explore they're mm-hmm. actually like beating the exploration out of them and trying to keep them on leashes and just yeah. make sure they stay in a pew and stay bent and stay dependent yeah. instead of empowered it, it's a very odd it's odd, yeah. It's, it's an really weird. Odd yeah. way to have I, religion and a savior. Yeah, it's it's so funny, you know. Like, there are some aspects of the church and some of the teachings that I definitely agree with, and all of that. And I wouldn't call myself religious anymore, but you know, I'm definitely like a little bit spiritual, right? And my a lot of my family is Catholic, and I really respect that. But I think that I don't know. It's just it just definitely wasn't for me. And it definitely, it feels icky now, you know, <laughs> I love it, just, it. it feels icky. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think that there, there's a lot of beauty in, in religion and having that passion for something too, at the same time. Right. It, it I've, I've always felt Catholicism was a little hypocritical because it's so about 
beauty appearance Mm -hmm. while at the same time speaking about we're out to serve the poor and we're going to stay humble. And it's like, have you seen what your fucking church is worth? Like, like even the glass up there with you, man. And I get it. You know, it's representative of Jesus or whatever, Mm -hmm. but like, do you need to spend 10 grand on that thing? Do do, do you need (laughs) a $50,000 stained glass window? Right. I know. Yeah, I know. It's it's really interesting. Yeah. um, I don't know. So what was it like then moving out of the house? You were just like middle finger up, peace out, bitches. Yeah, the Catholic house, geez. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I just moved out. I, I made it the full year. I made it the full year. And then I moved back into dorms, which was so fun. And I had the best two years of college of my life. My first two years of college were very blah, as you can probably imagine. In a Catholic. And then the next two, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the next two years were just incredible. And, you know, that, I mean, I think that was another part of it. It was like, wait, I could have been having all of this fun and making these bonds with people that I, you know, I don't know. It's just, it was really interesting that they didn't hold the same beliefs as me. And I think, you know, that's why, that's why I respect your podcast so much is, you know, getting to know people with different, from different backgrounds and beliefs is just one of the most beautiful things in the world. Like learning people's stories is so cool. And just, that's what was so cool about moving out of that house with all of these very similar cookie cutter people right. and going into dorms with people from all over. It was so cool. It was, it was really interesting. Yeah. Who was one of the, one of the cooler people where you were like, Jesus, I'm so glad I met you. Um, hmm. you know, my, my roommate, my, so not roommate. So in Canada, they really don't have many double rooms. It's, it's mostly single rooms and you share a bathroom Gotcha. So okay. my can mate is what they called it. Very <laughs> Canadian, right? Um, was she became my best friend, and she was she was Russian, um, and she oh no way yeah she's super cool fucking love Russians of, dude Jesus any any and of those Eastern or Western way to be yeah. Western Western Europeans man are just fucking right? they're, they're dope ass people I know yeah she was just amazing and you know she was the first friend that I ever had that I considered a soulmate, you know, like we always consider romantic partners, soulmates, but I met this, this girl and she was, she's my soulmate. And I still believe that, you know, you meet people in the world and they are your soulmates and it doesn't have to be religious. So she was the first person I ever met that I was like, Whoa, this girl's amazing. Like this is my soulmate, you know? Yeah. So I had, um, Kyleen on, who's the first person I really, that I listened to about astrology and she was telling me about soul groups Mm -hmm. We're yes. like, okay. So are you kind of familiar with that? Yeah, a little bit. I'm not, I'm not super, I love astrology. I'm not like super into it though. So gotcha. Yeah, me either. But when she was fucking explaining to me, it's like, Jesus, the whole deja vu thing is because you're meant to like discover these people that you're connected with that, like your yeah. spirit gets split into different parts. And then all of a sudden it goes and manifests itself in different ways. And then like, as you go through life, you come across soulmates like you're saying but mm-hmm. it doesn't it's not necessarily a romantic thing it's more like yeah. your spirit is just craved and attracted to this other spirit and it's not like even sexual you know it can no, just be yeah it's just people to vibe with yeah and I, I mean I, I i would i wouldn't be surprised if that was also family too for some people you know your family right. is you know that karmic soulmate or whatever you know it's really it's so cool so to think about do you have a goofy you with a russian in canada story <laughs> oh my gosh around? i don't know <laughs> i don't think so we i mean we just had a lot of fun like partying together that was basically it there's no there's no goofy uh stories with us like but, oh actually you know what it's funny she um 
she has a pretty, she's really fluent in English and you can't really detect her accent too much. She is just a little bit of one, but there are certain words that she would say that she thought she was pronouncing right, but she wasn't. <laughs> so she had, there's, um, she said, so she never knew how to pronounce the word sesame, like sesame seeds. <laughs> she, she's like, oh my gosh, it's so funny. I always used to pronounce and she pointed to the sesame seed. I always, I always used to pronounce those wrong. I always thought it was sesame. And I was like, yeah, that's not right. She's like, now I know it's sesame. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's still not right. So I told her how to actually pronounce it. She had no idea how. God, I, yeah, I just would have been like, dude, you nailed it. And yeah, then like going everywhere, being like, God, what, what, what are those things I like on top of my buns? Oh, yeah. sesames? Yes. Yeah. Can I get one of those buns, please? <laughs> yeah oh my goodness yeah so that was fun are you still like in touch with her with social media oh yeah 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 we we talk all the time and we've been able able to see each other because she just lives in toronto which isn't too far from me okay Um, so we a lot of times we meet in the middle gotcha um and we just you know we did a quarantine facetime call and we, we try to catch up every couple of months so yeah that's that's pretty neat yeah yeah man no no wonder and i'm just like thinking again like so that exactly, no wonder you lead to anxiety because you're probably feeling guilt about like, should I even be enjoying this lifestyle? Yeah. (laughs) Or were you you over it by then? You know, it's so funny because I come from such an open family and, you know, my family's very Catholic, but, you know, I I came from this really loving, open family and there was never like any strict rules or anything like that. So I never felt pressure from my family. But when you get into that kind of group where that, faith is their whole life you kind of you do fall into that guilt and you know I was like saving myself for marriage and I was all of this stuff and you know you I think but I think I was fine letting go of it I think I was fine living that next portion of my life because it it felt more authentic so it didn't it didn't hurt to let go of you know but there were there were times where I did feel guilt and I did feel like is this what I'm supposed to be doing because I think I've always I've always wanted to be this perfect person and you know I found so much I found so much um authenticity and imperfection oh dude imperfection is fucking great I know right Jesus is a great I often misspell words because I'm so perfect and I need to like bring myself down and try to be imperfect so I can be interesting oh I like that yeah (laughs) Yeah. I just fucking yeah I mean just like that that perfection ideas it's such a tough one to let go of I mean you know like even pageants were so it's tough because you kind of have to be this perfect society's perfect standard of a woman right and you know uh, I love pageants but you know you have that you know dude I was gonna actually say how long were you doing pageants for I started you know it's so funny again like I, I I've done so many of these things that I never expected myself to do I started to do pageants because I have that vascular disorder. So it manifests itself as a large red birthmark on the back of my leg. So I actually started pageants as a big middle finger to pageants. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to compete in, so my mission throughout the whole pageant system and my experience in it, I started 2014, was to show young women that your that your body doesn't have to be perfect. Like you can be beautiful and not and have these imperfections. Right. And so I competed in that first pageant and I was like, there's no way I'm going to win. All these girls are so much better than me. Like 
their talents are better, their, you know, all this stuff. Because I was insecure with myself, right? And I thought no way I was going to win. So my parents, of course, like, were up in the balcony drinking, like, just having a good time, not even, like, paying <laughs> attention. And then all of a sudden, they call my name as the winner. Holy and shit. I was like, holy crap. So I, I won the pageant, and I got to compete at Miss New York. And I just, like, it changed my life in such a crazy way. I was such a shy kid, and it just shaped me into who I am today. So I don't know, like there, there are pros and cons definitely of my experience because there is that perfection complex and you want to be perfect and you want to win so bad, but it also just, it just opened me up as a person too. Yeah. How much is it? Cause to me, like you're, you're fucking walk, you're, you're walking and I get the talent. Like some people are like, Oh man, that's a cool talent. But like, mm-hmm. it seems so fucking subjective. Like, oh, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, oh my God, her posture. Like, there's not a measurable with sports. It's like, dude, you're fucking slower or faster than me, right? You jump higher, Mm -hmm. you you put the ball in the hole, you can beat me to it. Oh, that's a foul, right? But like, so how much it's funny because it's like, how much attitude goes towards like, I'm not good enough versus like, man, fuck those judges. They don't know what they don't know what's up. Yeah. Well, so I had the most amazing team. This, they were kind of my mentors throughout the whole thing. And it, cause I competed in the Miss Thousand Islands pageant. Cause that's the area that I'm from is the Thousand Islands in New York. And so that team was just so amazing. And they always said, you know, it's not, you can prepare and you have to, you have to prepare and you have to be the best that you can be based on like the scoring system of Miss America. Right. But different day, different judges, you have to find your judges, the ones that click with you. Cause it's all about, you know, people are so, you know, it's all so subjective. It's not, there's there's no way to make it completely objective you know there is that scoring system but it you know it's kind of all about that it factor of who's the girl that can speak the best who's the girl that has the best abs you know like who's the girl that has the best operatic voice you know you never (laughs) it's just it, it it was so subjective you know there's a lot of work that you can do but at the end of the day it's all about human beings judging human beings and there's imperfection in that Dude, you had a team. There's a team. Like you had your like a hair yeah. person and a talent person. No. What the hell? No, it was like so. There's yeah, it's kind of like they're little organizations. So different regions of New York have different organizations. So there is my team, my organization, which is the Miss Thousand Islands, and then there's the Finger Lakes, and oh, then there's New gotcha, York gotcha, City. Gotcha. Okay, I'm so sorry, I, I mistook it. Boards. Yeah. Okay. Boards of directors. I did my own hair and makeup. You weren't you weren't allowed to have a makeup person. <laughs> got you. Yeah. So that's what when you said team, I'm like, dude, you really were serious about winning this bitch. You fucking got no, all these people. No. What, what, yeah. What'd you my, bust my out? team was my mom and dad's quizzing me on current events in in my kitchen. <laughs> what a uh, talent did you bust out? Singing. I sang Dream On by Aerosmith. Oh, dude. That's a yeah. fucking song. Did you it hit was the screech? Rare. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the video is somewhere on Instagram, but um, I it was different for a pageant stage. You don't get a lot of rock and roll, which I, I actually think docked me some points because I think people oh, see really? the point dancers and the operatic singers and they want to get more points to that rather than something like a classic rock piece, right? Yeah, because they see it as fucking classier or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just like fancy by default, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Um dude so were you in like did you go grunge flannel did did you have the fucking stand-up mic with like this um what's he put on him not bandanas but this like the fabric he has hanging off of his mics did you go all no, in like that i didn't i did um i had a full sequined 
red and black dress and I had like stud earrings and like crazy stud it was very like very glam grunge gotcha good call (laughs) it was so fun yeah it was so fun fucking bet yeah that was one of my favorite another one of my favorite moments just from my life in general is performing that song the crowd went crazy I was like oh my gosh this is so cool it was such a big venue and I was like whoa Dude, dream on, dream on is like the best song to hear when it's done well, and the worst when a motherfucker grabs the karaoke mic and you're like, "This is oh, it, no, it's not in you, man. It's hundred percent. It's not in you." It's yeah, not. agreed. And what happened with uh, Miss New York? Um, so my first year, I didn't make the top ten. A lot of times, a lot of times, the older girls get it. You know, you, you get, cause they're, you know, they know themselves better. They're more refined. They have more life experience. Okay. Uh, my second, my second time around, I was, I think I was 21 and I made top 10. Um, and then I just kind of stopped. I was like, eh, I'm getting, I felt like I was getting a little too old for it at the end, at the end there. So I was like, eh. even though it's up to 25 and as you know, it's always the 24, 25 year olds that win. Right. Okay. And now they've completely revamped Miss America too. There's no more swimsuit, nothing. Yeah, no more Donald Trump either, man, because that guy was fucking sleazy back there. Jesus. Jesus, oh, I know. Well, he was Miss Universe. <laughs> oh, it, that's right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was Miss Universe. So he did, you know, Miss Universe and Miss America are a little different, but Miss America has completely gotten rid of the swimsuit competition. Yeah. Are you cool with that or are you pissed at that? Um, I'm not pissed at it. I'm not, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird because it's like, and now, now it's kind of just a talent show. <laughs> now it's like a, it's a public speaking talent competition. And, you know, I had my own reasons for competing and I, you know, that was kind of my, that was kind of my, um, the thing that set me apart in the competition. And, you know, I stopped competing anyway, so it didn't matter. But I also, but I, you know, I think, I think it's, it's 2020 now. It's time to get rid of that shit. You know, we, we got to stop, we got to stop doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, if you, it's it's just outdated at this point swimsuit competition it's just we live in a more body positive world now and i think i think that there's merit to that if you're you know judging someone on physical fitness you know there's merit to that kind of competition but when you're doing a, a full well-rounded competition like miss america it just feels like it feels kind of dirty you know gotcha so yeah. i was i was happy to see it i was happy to see it go but it it kind of I don't know. It kind of just makes Miss America a little less interesting because it's kind of just a, it's a talent competition and public speaking now. So you get rid of one portion of competition and they didn't come up with anything more creative. So I think Miss America's dying a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know how important it is. Um, like I, I don't yeah. think I could ever, I definitely couldn't name a Miss America. I, the only reason I knew about one of those Miss universe things aside from, and I guess it, the Trump thing was like Steve Harvey gave it to the wrong girl one year or two or like, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's, it's just Miss America is pretty popular in the Miss America circle and that's about it. You know, unless she comes to speak at your school, you kind of don't, in my opinion, you don't really know who she is anymore. And there were a few years where she was doing red carpets and stuff like that, but now it's just not, I don't think it's relevant anymore, to be honest. Yeah, does it like pay at all? So, are, or is it just open up opportunities for you to say I'm Miss America, and then you try to like flip that into like further mm-hmm. social status? Yeah. So Miss America, so Miss Universe is completely different. They do. I'm not really sure what they do, but Miss America scholarships, so you get money towards towards school. Oh, 
okay. Yeah, which was nice. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Did because you get it at all levels. Yeah. So I was gonna say, did then did you for winning Miss Island, Miss Thousand Islands? Did you get mm-hmm. like a hundred bucks, a thousand dollars? Yeah, I got a thousand dollar scholarship. Sometimes a little more. Okay. Just you know, that's a that's your books for a year. You know, like yeah. it, it it helps. It definitely helps. And you know, I knew I knew a lot of the girls who were diehard that competed with me. They paid off their entire college experience do it competing just winning pageants huh yep Jesus. but you know i mean they you don't just win it you have to your whole year is a year of service so you have to go and do community events and speak and all that stuff so it, it is actually a lot of work aside from the prep for the state competition you have to you have a personal platform that you promote and you have to go out into your community and really like work it and try to make a difference as much as you can <laughs> really like work it <laughs> <laughs> really work it <laughs> how'd you um so if you grew up sports girl were you like a angry competitive sports person because i'm just wondering <laughs> about like the relational dynamics of being next to these people and like wanting to win but wanting to be decent or are you just like man fuck them i'm better no i you know i don't i was never competitive or angry i just was i just wanted i just loved it and I wanted to be the best I could be. And I was really shy too. So I was never, you know, angry. Although I accidentally broke someone's ankle once in basketball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I was a little aggressive. Right. So uh, then pageants, no real drama with the girls backstage and stuff like that, huh? No, they're some of my best friends now. No way. Still, that is so yeah, anti. It's all stereotypes. Yeah, that is so anti what you would, again, stereotype and assume. Yeah. It's really interesting because it's one of the strongest network of women that I, networks of women that I've ever been a part of hands down, very empowering. So then why the stereotype? I don't know. You know, I think there's, there's so many groups of people that are stereotyped and falsely stereotyped at that. And you know, there, I think sometimes there are some truths to stereotypes and sure you might get a few catty girls in pageants who are, it was never, it was never catty. It was just a lot of people were focused and maybe not so, friendly they were just really focused on trying to win right but I you know I I never once I started competing in pageants I never quite understood why those stereotypes were the way that they were maybe I just got lucky but yeah I've never experienced anything like that before and what about the mom stereotypes are are they like overbearing and go I know you said your parents were just like up in the balcony having a drink which is the best way to be fucking chilling yeah (laughs) Um, right um, I don't know. I think there were a few moms that were overzealous, but I never experienced anything like any of the stereotypes. Like you said, I mean, most of the parents were there just to help. They, well, the parents weren't allowed anywhere near it because yeah, at this point, all these girls were adults, right? But yeah. Um, yeah, I never had seen anything like it. So I think people were just, parents were kind of just there to help. Like my parents were, my parents got very, once I won Miss Thousand Islands, they were very invested and always helped me to prepare for the pageant. And, you know, my dad definitely became a pageant dad where he was just like, my daughter got robbed and all that stuff. But, <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Well, he never said it to anybody, but he always, to this day, he's like, you got robbed. You should have won. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's never actually pageant dads are, you wouldn't expect it, but pageant dads are even more are more of a stereotype than moms in this world because huh. <laughs> they love their daughters so right. they're like of course they want their kid to win right right 
Yeah. Uh, pageant dads. That, but yeah. I, you could see it too, man. Cause like in sports, the, the dads sometimes like they're almost living through the mm-hmm. kid with the sport because they yeah. experienced it. But like most of the dads haven't been on stage and pageanting. So then I'm sure like their anxiety of not even understanding really how all this comes together and like how yeah. the scores are tallied. They're just fucking yeah. all in on their own kid. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's super weird, but it's true. Did you stick with the same talent going to Miss New York? Yeah, I've always sang. Okay, same yep. song and all that. Like you just kind of repeat the whole like routine. I guess it becomes like a routine. Well, the f- so the first year that I went, I did something different. I did I did like Roar by Katy Perry. Because oh. <laughs> I was like, I was younger. And that's, you know, your team, your board of directors kind of helps you choose because they have so much experience in this. So they know what is good for pageants and stuff so gotcha. um i did that my when i was a little older my second time around because i took a couple of years break in between but um yeah so i did dream on just that one time yeah the dream on just seems like a fucking hit dude like you just yeah, it, it, it was just, a hit. It, it, just, it really was yeah when, when you set <laughs> it, it up fun. i was like man yeah definitely how's <laughs> how's um quarantine been treating you in your small town isolation are you going nuts you getting more creative i a little bit of both i i this is kind of my dream scenario to be honest with you i love i'm <laughs> so i'm pretty extroverted but i always call myself an introverted extrovert because i love people but i also love being alone so i've actually had a lot of fun i've gotten creative i'm actually living with my parents my boyfriend is deployed right now so until he comes back i'm living with them and honestly we've had such a blast together but they're a bad influence i've been drinking way too much with them we party too much dude i've I've heard that so often kids like come back from college and then you go through this stage where you just get fucking wrecked with your parents yeah and i mean it's amplified during this quarantine time man yeah and i you know it's funny because you know i've been drinking with my parents for a while but just during this quarantine, it's like, whoa, you guys are a bad influence on me. (laughs) (laughs) What are they like when they drink? Or like, what's something like shocking? You're like, Jesus, dad, you tell the same story all the time. Or mom, I can't (sighs) believe you curse so much. Like, you know, (laughs) nothing really. We just like, we make really good. We we love Manhattan. So we make a lot of hard liquor. Oh my God. Um, Nothing really. It's just kind of nice to have deep chats with them they, there's nothing too shocking they're they're pretty pretty similar when they're they've been drinking and we're not getting like wasted wasted but um yeah it's just nice to have conversation and stuff and i haven't gotten sick of them yet and they're not sick of me so oh, i guess we'll see right no that's that, it's it's cool to have that like excuse to come home and connect and um yeah share jesus i didn't think manhattan you you're a fucking old soul man good yeah. lord <laughs> <laughs> I like scotch a lot. That's my that's my drink of choice, to be honest. Really? Why? How did that happen? Jesus, scotch? I don't know. I I love scotch. I don't know what it is. I just for some reason I got into it and I loved it. And I always drank everybody out of the table in college. One of I actually recently some I commented on someone's Facebook post that they and she was a friend of mine and she graduated and she said thanks for teaching me how to drink in college and I was like that is the greatest honor I've ever <laughs> I've ever received so I've always been I've, I'm always I've always been very enthusiastic about alcohol which sounds bad 
But I actually, I really like alcohol and good alcohol and understanding what good alcohol is and stuff. So I've always been into good scotches and wines. And <laughs> Did you intentionally slow your voice down there to sound like you're completely smashed? Or was that just audio no, glitch? No, it was my internet. My internet connection was unstable. <laughs> I didn't hear you for a second. I was like, oh no. But I'm glad dude, that it happened. Dude, it was like, and I've always loved scotches. <laughs> And I and I was like, holy shit, man, she's fucking four deep no, right now. I haven't I haven't had a drink today, I promise. <laughs> oh my this god. Is my coffee. <laughs> so you've always liked the scotches and the drink. So like are you so I'm not a shots person at all, man. I'll do some red oh, wine. No, no. I'll I'll do some like beer and stuff. But when you're talking about like I can drink people under the table, you talking like four fingers with an ice cube pour? Like what what is drinking under the table when you're drinking scotch? No, I just so I I hate shots. I, I, I used to be able to take shots, but I really can't do shots anymore and I hate tequila. Oh my goodness. And ugh, I just I, I really don't like shots. There's this is totally a side story now, but there was this one time that I had visited my ex in Texas and this was like this was last summer and his family really knew how to drink and I know how to drink but they they were taking shots and it was this huge party and I couldn't I could not keep up and I couldn't do a sh- I couldn't do a shot I was like I almost I was like gagging I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> handle it so I'm more of a slow and steady drinker so I'll drink quickly but I I've always just been able to hold my alcohol I can I can drink a lot and not Wait, be drunk how do you say I'm slow and steady drinker because I drink quickly I know. I know it doesn't make sense, okay? But in, in my brain, it makes sense. I'm just trying to picture that. like, But I guess you're just drinking like quick without taking shots steadily. Yeah. I'm not. Prolonged I, I, just, I, know how to, I don't mix my alcohol. Okay. I know how to control. I know how to control the, the level of drunkness. So I really don't like ever get drunk. Cause, and I drink a lot. Gotcha. I don't know how to describe it. I just, I know how to manipulate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what all alcoholics say. Right. Oh gosh. Um, so do you get like, when you had said something about um, having like deep talks with your parents, do you guys get like super silly telling stories or is it like some like philosophical worldview type shit? philosophical worldview type shit that's yeah. like that's my jam i love that stuff like is it really do you have a go-to argument when when you get drunk you're just hoping someone talks about like abortion or something and you're oh, like no, ready to no, hop I don't, on i don't them. bridge that topic <laughs> but i um for me i don't know i always call them so that same ex that i was talking about in texas he always used to make fun of me because i always i always wanted to have these i call them universe chats so what's the meaning of the universe? What is the universe? All that stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Right. Just talking about the meaning of life and aliens and fun stuff like that. So it's never arguments or anything. I don't like to get into that stuff, but gotcha. I'm more of a, what's the meaning of life and why are we here? And you know, kind of, you know what? It's, it's kind of high chats. That's what it is. High chats. <laughs> yeah. The stuff you talk about when you're high. Dude, did you see the, the, what was it? Maybe like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. When the government actually was like, yeah, we don't know what the fuck these two little Tic Tac things are flying around. Tic Tac things? Yeah. I, don't, I think I missed that. Dude, so it's... The UFO thing? Yeah, the two UFOs, they they look like Tic Tacs and they, the government oh. came out and they, um, I guess the report was unredacted. Oh my gosh. And they, they admitted like our fighter pilots were there and basically said if any any plane 
or mode of aerial transportation that we know of could not act this way, it would crash. And it's oh like the gosh. black and white video. You hadn't seen that shit? I saw, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I, I, I saw the stuff. I didn't really read into it too much. I should have. I, I need to look at that. Yeah. Um, I, but I feel like the news is just so overtaken by COVID stuff. And I, I kind of just have been in that mode. So I, I really got to look at that because that's that's right up my alley. Dude, yeah. There's got to be aliens. There's got to be. Has to be. Has to it be has aliens. to be. Like, scientifically, there's got to be aliens. Some Somewhere, somehow. Yeah. Whatever they look like. Yeah, I've never understood why people are so anti alien. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Now, yeah. what about the argument that with the technology we have now, with uh-huh. cell phones and cameras, where the fuck's the great video? How come motherfuckers are done getting snatched up in deserts and like prodded and coming back all fucked yeah. up? You know, like I, I can't out argue that argument. I know. That's true. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't think, but I don't think aliens are big green beings. I think that they're probably just like little, like a little bug or something. You know, I don't think that they necessarily take that form of like a sophisticated speed. Maybe, I don't know, but I think that, I don't know. You know what I mean? You don't think they're, you think they just live somewhere else, but you don't think they're superior? Like they're going to come down with weapons that we can't do shit about? Yeah, I don't, I, well, maybe, sure, I, anything's possible, but I also think that aliens can be, like, some sort of other creature that's not, like, it can be, an alien can be, like, a different bug and a different, you know, I don't know, like, that lives in, you know, I, I, it doesn't have necessarily have to be, like, another human-like species. Interesting. So you would, that's my theory. So you'd be all right, like, you'd be like, yeah, man, we found aliens if there's some weird-ass, like, caterpillar on Mars. Sure. And you yeah. feel, and you'd feel, um, I feel satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> like I knew it, knew it all along, been calling it. Yeah, for sure. Like if there was another being on another planet, I would, I would qualify that as an alien gotcha. living on another planet. But also I'm totally into the idea of there being something, a superior being somewhere else. Yeah. So d- did you drift or I guess maybe drifts the wrong word, but you got into the, astrology spirituality kind of karma thing or where are you standing on that now hmm. I, I don't know i i'm kind of into the the universe sort of thing so everything happens for a reason the universe is going to throw things your way for a reason i'm not necessarily i don't know if i believe astrology i like to think i like to believe astrology when my horoscope is right right <laughs> or if it says something good but if it but if it says something like you're going to get something bad's going to happen. I'm like, that shit's not even true. <laughs> so true. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I'm just more spiritual and I'm more open to the idea of anything really. I don't necessarily have a particular view. It's more like I'm kind of like meditate and pray to the universe and I'm open to whatever. Are you actually saying like universe or are you just kind of talking and you have yeah, this just like, like talking, you know? You. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, that's a, that's a big fucking zag from Catholicism, man. Right. Yeah. But you know, I, I, uh, for me, a lot of that, a lot of the lessons, the good lessons that I learned from Catholicism still ring true. Like the, the teaching of teachings of Jesus are pretty cool. It's just treating others with the way that you want to be treated and with love and unconditional love. That's kind of my spiritual view is being 
just just being completely unconditionally in love with the people around you and treating people the same no matter who they are that that's kind of my spiritual belief though I don't necessarily identify with any particular church right it's more of like a moralistic thing exactly yeah and is the quarantine time giving you more comfort and like reaffirming that like we just need to be better with each other or is the quarantine time kind of flipping you out and making you a little more worried and you're hoarding all types of shit (laughs) no I think you know I I I think this time is nice well at the same time this shows how privileged I am to be comfortable right because I like to say that you know this is a great time to pause but there's a lot of people that don't get that privilege right so I mean just just saying that that it's, it's a very privileged viewpoint to have so it's you know that being said I think it's a nice time for people to pause and you know, get back into nature and all that stuff, which sounds very cliche, but no, you know, that's kind of the view I have. Yeah. I don't think so at all. And I guess it's part of the, um, and I forgot, Jesus, I should have had it up, man, but I get worried that like my internet's going to fuck up too. If I have like too many tabs open, the audio yeah. will be up. The, um, it wasn't the front door project, front step project. Yeah. Yeah. What inspired that? Cause that was something like you're just walking around your town telling families, Hey man, get on your doorstep and let me take a picture of you. Yeah, so it's actually, it wasn't my idea. It's it's a nationwide movement for photographers, and they're just kind of, they put up a sign up on their website, which is what I did, and you basically offer people free portraits, and you stand, stand socially, dis- uh, socially distance, distance, that was a joke sentence, <laughs> but forgive me, I, I was too far into it to change it. Um, um, too many syllables and, deep, just fucking go. Socially distance, distance. Um, and you just take their photo and you give them nice photos for free. You just ask for a donation to a specific cause. So it's just, a, it's something that's been going on around the U.S. and Canada or whatever. And I thought I would do it here. Although a lot of people around here have been doing it too. So it's not just me. There are a lot of different photographers who are doing it, but it, it's, it's been really fun to a see people and just kind of get a glimpse into people's quarantines and their lives right now. Yeah. Have most everybody been like real receptive towards it or were some people dicks and thinking you were like scamming them? No, no. People have been very receptive. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a pretty friendly place to live, but <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they're super, super great. And they, you know, we, we didn't take their money though. So it's basically a trust system of, you know, we're, these are, these are free portraits, but if you have the money, if you have the means, please donate to one of these causes. God, so they just dude. did it themselves. Yeah. So there was really no room for a scam. <laughs> right. Well, no, yeah. like some people, um, even like, and it's just doing this pod, I've had a uh, two people. So beforehand will be like, Hey, we need to talk. And then, you know, okay, cool. Well, I guess we'll talk <laughs> for a little bit. And then they're like, just wanted to make sure you were an actual person. Just wanted to make sure that like my personal information would be safe and that you're not trying to find out like these stories about me in case you do take the identity. And you're like, some people really fucking feel that way, man. Like you could have been taking pictures so that you could then open up whatever Facebook accounts. And now you're, you know, like that's a very real thing that some people feel with the internet and the way that artificial intelligence is going. Yeah. Um, even, people, yeah, there's like no trust in anything, yeah. you know? So that's why I was asking. Um, and then other yeah. people have just been fucking cool. And they were like, yeah, man, what time? I'll talk. We'll talk about yeah. whatever. And you're like, that's kind of <laughs> yeah. dope. But especially with pictures. And then if you're getting to know people, I could just see them being like, is this legit? That Yeah. I mean, you know, that's it, kind of a fair thing. You have to be careful nowadays, you know? Right. It's, you got to 
gotta protect yourself it's a weird world yeah. dude that's <laughs> although a, i don't really yeah i was gonna say I was like, <laughs> well, you gotta protect yourself i was like sweet let's do it <laughs> just just a message for the kids in case anyone's listening yeah protect yeah, just, yourself just a psa <laughs> don't talk to strangers on the internet <laughs> no doubt and if they knock and their camera looks like shit don't believe them or yeah, if right. they have a good lens they're trustworthy <laughs> Right, right. Dude, yeah, but I think people who are, I I think the people who are getting frustrated with some quarantines too aren't doing shit like that where they're not trying to like pay it forward and trying to like make it into a positive. So I, I, you know, that's kind of a cool thing. And if you connect to the universe or whatever, but like that's one of those things where you just putting out that positive energy and that Mm -hmm. togetherness, which is helpful. It is. Yeah. I mean, I also think, you know, as much as you can keep yourself busy at this time, that's that's the best thing you can do is just try to like keep yourself keep yourself busy doing things that are authentic to what you want to be doing right you know and from cracking a drink by 12 so what's the what's the earliest you would be what's the earliest you've been drinking (laughs) um i you know so i've actually been trying to i've I've been trying to stay as fit as i possibly can throughout this whole thing um especially because i moved home so now i have all this like delicious healthy food my mom's an amazing cook and i was not because i lived i lived in my own apartment for a while and then my lease was up and i moved home and so i've been just like eating like a queen here it's it's, it's so healthy and good so i've just been trying to be a healthier person because i was treating my body like shit back when i lived by myself (laughs) um but anyway um yeah, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, dude, when you there's nothing like when you're fucking living off of those ramen noodle days, and that's another like dude, universal yeah. experience. Is like everybody eating just fucking like shit right when they get out of college because you have no money and you're just starting off, and then all of a sudden you go back to a place where you remember what like fresh food is and like oh, herbs and spices and like oh my Amazing. god, you use the oven. There's an yeah. inside to the oven, that door opens. Yeah, I know, you know, and like before my, before my boyfriend deployed, we, we were cooking together, which is nice. And then I was alone again for a while. I just oh, suck yeah. at cooking. Anyway, as far as when I started drinking, yeah, so you I just went on a full tangent, but um, yeah, so I've been trying to be fit and healthy. So I, I always have to get my workout in and stuff before I have my drink at night. So I usually, typically I'll start around seven or eight, right? But there have been a day where I'll like go for a hike and bring a beer at like three, you know? Oh dude, I fucking, so we do five K's are big around me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if up there, like they're into like the five K racing. A little bit. Yeah. We have a few races around here. Okay. Well down here, dude, like literally there's two to three a weekend for fucking like seven months straight. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Cause Delaware's flat. People qualify. But anyway, the thing I love about it is you get up at, you start racing at seven. If you're mm-hmm. decently fast, you're done by like seven twenty-five, seven thirty, and then it's nothing but beer and like hot dogs oh, yeah. afterwards. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing! That's what it, so I hate running. I hate it so so much. But I've done half half marathons and stuff okay. because I can eat whatever I want. That's yeah. like that's the best part of running and working out Dude, a ton is I can eat whatever I want. Yeah. Without feeling like crap. <laughs> yeah, like that's it's funny. Um again, that lady, uh, Jen Oliver, who moved to California, that uh-huh. was like she's the fit mom and like so many women, her thing is, you know, it's inner size and you want to feel good about yourself. And if you're not yeah. eating ice cream because you're worried about how people will judge you. That's a bad reason to not eat. But if you're not eating ice cream because you're like, man, I don't want to be obese. I want to be able to have um, 
whatever, hit like a certain time running or I want to fit into my pants because it makes me feel good, then that's a great yeah, reason to not eat ice yeah, cream. Yeah, that's what it's all about. You can't yeah. you can't do it for a bad reason. Okay, back to this. I keep talking about this ex-boyfriend of mine, but I before I went on that trip to Texas, because he was – so we – so let me explain. I'm talking about all these military guys. I live by a military base, so that's kind of the only option for dating around here. <laughs> Dude, that's um, tough dating. And so he, um, he went to he left the duty station here, and he he was moving to Germany. And so I went to visit him in Texas, and I remember I lost like 20 pounds just because I wanted because I liked him so much, and I wanted him to like not leave me oh my <laughs> right? god dude are you and serious isn't that terrible right Wait, but now so can, can i and uh, you can slap me the next time you see me if it's an asshole question but like uh-huh. you, just seeing you on instagram dude and you're doing pageants and shit 20 pounds has to be a substantial percentage of your weight or did you just like no, you're done with yeah. pageants and you're putting you're like pushing a buck 80 or something no, I was, well, yeah, I mean, I had, I had gained quite a bit of weight after everything. So, but I'm a pretty curvy girl and I love my body and all that. I'm very body positive. And even during that time I was body positive, but it, there was something about that relationship that I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to lose this weight and look super cute when I see him. It wasn't like, I need him to like me it, more than it was like, I want to be, I want to look great when I see him next. God, right. Dude, 20 and pounds just seems right, like a lot. Jesus, man. Yeah. That wasn't <laughs> the right reason to do it. But right. now I'm kind of just doing it for myself and it feels so much better. And I've lost the weight that I've lost the second time around because I wanted to do it and it felt healthy and it felt good for my body, you know? So there's a huge difference when you do it for the right reasons for yourself. So that's definitely a great concept that she has. It's, you know, especially when you're young, it's hard to, it's hard to differentiate that. Yeah. Cause you're getting your value from the people around you for the yeah. most part. Yeah, exactly. And how was my man in Texas? He was super excited about the weight loss or he didn't even notice like oh, a typical he didn't guy. Care. Of course he didn't care. <laughs> guys don't care about it. You know, like he didn't really, and like, I'm sure it was like, Oh, you look nice. But you know, like they didn't, he didn't care. And he never, you know, and this is not anything against him. Cause he's a great, a great guy. And he's like, we're, we're still friends, but like he, he did nothing to make me feel like I needed to do that. You know, it was more my thing. Cause I liked him and he was leaving and he, you know, he was going to Germany and I wanted to stay with him. God. So it was like, he didn't, he didn't do anything to provoke that. It wasn't him being a dick. Right. So your dating pool is limited to military guys who constantly fly in and out or get deployed, huh? Well, not exactly. You know, like, so I've, <laughs> I've, I've dated a lot. I've had a lot of, I'm a little bit of a serial dater. So I've had a lot of long-term relationships. I'm not, I'm not a one night stander. I don't hook up. I don't do, you know, any of that stuff, but I, I was, I had a long-term relationship here and he wasn't military. And then I met this guy who was, you know, he was leaving. And then, you know, funny enough, he broke up with me. He dumped me. It was the first time I ever been dumped. So my ego was hurt. (laughs) And, um, then a week later, I met the guy that I'm dating, and he's he's for sure the love of my life, and I know it. You know, like we're planning on getting married and everything. It's so funny how timing works out. But and he's in the military too. But those are the only two I've ever dated. Okay. <laughs> From the military. Dude, you gotta tell me the breakup story. Breakup stories are the oh, best. Breakup stories okay. are the best. I want you to get really sad. Or do you want me to hit pause so you can get the Manhattan? Put a little oh, no. cherry in there, no. muddle that bitch up, and then uh... no, it's not. I'm not sad about it. I, I, it's more <laughs> anger. It's bad. It's oh. it made me so mad. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so you want you actually want to know it? You yeah, hell yeah, story? dude. I want to. It's okay, fucking okay, okay. juicy, man. Let me hear this shit. Like, okay. my man hit you with so, a text. What? So the breakup story is. So we so we met back in. I don't know. We met. We met, and we were dating, and you know, I knew he was leaving because he was. I knew he was moving to Germany. This is probably he's. Hopefully, he never hears this because he'd probably be so embarrassed <laughs> me telling the breakup story. Um, and I knew he was moving to Germany, so we kind of decided to play it casual. And so then he had training in Texas, and um, he was like, "I really want to be exclusive and actually be together while he was in Texas." So I was like, "Okay, oh. like let's let's do it. All right, I'm down. I really like you." This was kind of the first relationship that I had ever. It was the closest I had ever gotten to finding the person that was the right one for me. Right. So everybody else was kind of like, uh, maybe, but this was the first time I was, I thought to myself, this could be a guy that I could see myself with anyway. So I go to Texas and visit him and I met his family. I stayed with his family. It was a really interesting experience. And by the end of the trip, I was like, this, something fell off. But on the trip, he actually had asked me to move with him to Germany. Oh, wow. Um, and I was, you know, like I had always lived in the same hometown. I had always, I hadn't traveled very much, you know, I've been to Europe and stuff, but I hadn't, I hadn't seen the world. And that was something I really wanted to do. And I was like, you know, the worst that happens is I go home. I have a supportive family and like, I'm going to do this. So we decided that I was going to do this. And, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't pushy about it. He's like, if it fits in with the picture of what you want your life to be, then do it. So wow. he had, he was the one that was making these moves. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, he was like, I don't think I can do it. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you just asked me to move to a different country with you and now you're going to break up. So it was a very, it was a little bit of a blind side, to be honest with you. But, oh, you know, shit. I can't fault him for getting cold feet about it. And I wouldn't have met the person that I'm with now if it wasn't for him breaking up with me. Because I met the guy that I'm with now. And I, I never used a dating app before in my life. And I wanted to feel good about myself. So I wanted to get a rebound on Bumble. And I met, <laughs> and I met this guy and he is just, he's so perfect. He's like, he, he gives me my universe chats. He's just the goofiest, craziest guy. And he's just, he's it. You know, I knew in that moment, I've, I've dated a lot of dudes, but this is, this is the one. And I met him a week later, which, and I resisted for as long as I could, but I knew that, I knew that. It was, I was, I was done for with him. Gives me my universe chats. What is that? Yeah. Remember my universe. I like to talk about yeah. deep universe philosophical stuff. And I never had that in a relationship before. So he's very, we always chat about that kind of stuff, which is really cool. Gotcha. So he's just open yeah. to exploring thoughts. He's very open. Yes. He's a very open dude and he's, he's a good dude for sure. Where's he uh, I don't know. deployed at right now? He's in Afghanistan. Oh man. Yeah, sucks. But it's alright. We're we're good. We we talk a lot actually. So it's it's interesting that I can we can instantly chat all day from so far away. Right. So he has the type of job or um I guess it is job or position in the military where he's kinda like you're able to communicate pretty regularly. Yeah, he's yep, yep, yep. He's um not super busy all the time, and and the time zone actually he is, but the time zones line up pretty well. So by the time I'm waking up, he's settling down for the day, and okay. by the time I go to bed, he's start just getting up. So 
I sleep when he works. Got you, got you. Okay, cool. So, yeah, but that was my breakup story. It was it was a pretty bad breakup. I was yeah. so mad. How like because like how, you had the passport, bags are packed. Like you're checking out apartments or like how mm, into Germany quite. were you? Well, he was. I was gonna live with him. He had like invited me to live with him and like work from there. And I was like looking. I, I almost bought. I started a bank account to save money for it. I was looking into like teaching English abroad and um, like I was starting like a pretty big job hunt. I was contacting other like military like girlfriends and you know people abroad that were if see if they had any tips. Like I hadn't gotten too far in the process, which is good. Like I didn't pack bags, I didn't buy tickets or anything, but oh. Yeah. And so he calls out of the blue one day or y'all are talking for like 20 minutes. And then at the end, he's like, Hey, um, so I got to go by the way. Um, not bringing you to Germany. No, he, he just started like after the trip, he kind of just started to, um, he started to, uh, not talk as much. He wasn't talking very much. And he, you know, I was like, Oh, he's busy. I come making excuses. Right. You always make excuses for these things. And then all of a sudden he was like, Hey, like, we were supposed to Skype one night and he's, and I just, I asked him to Skype and he's like, can you give me a few days to think? Cause oh. I don't, cause I'm not really sure. Like, I don't think I'm treating you as well. I thought I was like, no, I'm not giving you a few days to think you better. If you're going to dump me, dump me now. <laughs> of course not. So that is what happened with that. Oh, nice. <laughs> but now he, now he regrets it, which is really great. So it's a great thing for me. So, the, good. so yeah. So the rebound, the spite rebound worked out in multiple levels. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, <laughs> definitely. I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't really post too much about my boyfriend. He doesn't like social media, so I'm not even sure if he knows about the guy, but he just, you know, it's, it's always a good feeling when the ex um, feels bad about the breakup and regrets it. Yeah. So why, why does the universe do that? Let me ask you that. Why, why does the universe allow people to feel happy over the sadness mm-hmm. I don't, what do you mean? Well, you're happy at my man's pain. It's just, oh, it seems no, wrong. I'm not, you're I'm not, you're, you're thrilled that he's suffering. I mean, no, that just. I am not thrilled that he's suffering. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a sadist. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like, if some, I think it's human nature if someone, I don't want, I would never want him to like actually, actually suffer, right? But. Oh, but I emotionally, he can be all fucking tore up though. Come on. Well, I mean, he hurt me, so I think this is my revenge. Yeah, right? So it's eye for an eye type stuff, which which is like, yeah, no judgment, man. I get it. But I guess I'm like, um, it's interesting that, you know, someone can feel bad. And it's very common. It's not like a you thing at all. It's like, dude, I felt you made me feel bad. And now I feel good because it's almost like the bad I had, I then got to throw on you. Therefore, the bad's gone. (laughs) <laughs> and, and now you have yeah, it tag you're it, right no. it's like cooties right and like yeah there always has to be this certain amount of bad going around and you just don't want to get stuck it's with a, it have you heard of the term schadenfreude uh-uh it's it's a it's well ironically it's the german it's a german word mm. and it's happiness at the misfortune of others and so there's this there's this musical called Avenue Q. Have you ever heard of that? It's like Naughty Sesame Street. It's a musical. No, but that sounds fucking amazing. What is it? You never, you know, like the in, like the song "The Internet Is for Porn." Any of that? No. You would actually really love Avenue Q, probably, from what I know about you. Say it. Talking to you today. <laughs> say it. Say it slower. Avenue Q. Yes, Avenue Q. Oh, dude. So, um, this one Lay Shock, Lay Shock, um, was telling me about Piss Town. 
Okay. And it seems very similar where like these people are like busting out. And I thought that was, he told me about the internets for porn song on that. Oh no. It's, I don't know. I don't think it's on that. Okay. Maybe it's. Have you heard of this yeah. piss town? Am I thinking of that right? You're in town. You're in town. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah. in town. That's okay, a great so, show. So um, Avenue Q is like fucked up Muppets. Yeah. Fucked up Muppets. It's like naughty <laughs> Sesame street. And actually it's about this young guy they're all played by puppets and there's two humans three humans in it they're all played by puppets and it's about this young guy that's trying to find his purpose after college and he can't figure it out um and it's all the antics of all these people um but yeah so schadenfreude is one of the songs and it's basically this one guy this one puppet and it's it's all funny i know this sounds terrible this one puppet is homeless (laughs) and (laughs) And he's not usually homeless. For some reason, he was homeless. I don't really, I don't remember why. Oh, yeah, because his his roommate kicked him out, so he's homeless. And so one of the characters is actually Gary Coleman. Do you know Gary Coleman? (laughs) Yeah, so one of the characters is Gary Coleman. And he comes across this this homeless puppet, and he's like, actually, seeing you homeless makes me feel good. And he, he like, sings this song about how, you know, it's human nature to be happy at the misfortune of others right yeah like the examples in the songs are um watching you know watching a frat boy realize just what he put his dick in and stuff it's all those little examples (laughs) jesus dude yeah so the gary coleman with a muppet visual and gary coleman looking at a muppet being like yeah i'm happy because you're homeless yeah, I was in that show twice. It was one of the most fun shows I've ever done. It's so fun. I bet. Dude, yeah. and that's, that's something like those kind of shows and like stand up comedians in the, like the PC world who can just yep. still get away with fucked up shit is so, yeah. it's so like it's comfortable. Like everyone, we're just going to put our guard down. We're not going to be yep. offended and we're just going to fucking giggle and it's going to be okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, this one's pretty fucked up too. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how well it would do now because it was, I think it was created in the early 2000s. Okay. Um, and every time I was in, I was in it in bef- during twice in college, and um, I'm not sure if somebody created it now, it would be so popular though, because it is. There are some really controversial subjects in there, but you know, people are still doing it. But I'm not sure if it was written now, it would be the same thing. Gotcha. So then you're a Schadenfreuder advocate. You're pro Schadenfreuder. Yeah. Hey, like it, it's just human nature. I'm not. You know, like, I don't think, I don't want to see actual sadness, but when somebody has that little, you know, when we see other people, because we're, we're always comparing ourselves to other people, right? Yeah. Um, so when we see other people not doing so well, especially and, you know, it's if it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like um, actual pain and suffering, but if, it, you know, if somebody has like a little snafu, and I think that's why on social media, when we have people who are relatable and aren't just always posting perfect pictures and stuff. I think that's why some of those influencers are so popular when they're actually talking about their failures because people can relate to it. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that's uh, actually, that's a good point. It's been very, um, this empowerment of failure and difference Mm -hmm. by people who are typically, um, seen as perfect is, uh, is a huge, it's a huge zag. Yeah. So many of those, you know, posts go viral. If, if women post pictures of their bodies that aren't technically perfect, you know, you're not used to seeing that because everything's so perfect and advertising and on Instagram. So, you know, those pictures go viral for a reason because it's normal and people aren't used to it. Right. Yeah. That's why, like you said earlier, imperfection is fucking amazing. 
Imperfection is amazing. It's the, um, I don't know, man. It's just so anti cookie. It's personality, right? Like that's, yep. that's, you can't fucking be perfect. Um, and, yep. sc- and screw the Catholics for making us think that we can. <laughs> <We're> freaking... <laughs> I don't think Catholics are perfect. No, uh, there's but... one thing I've learned about Catholics is that they're big drinkers. That's for sure. Maybe yeah. that's where I got it from. Dude, big drinkers and it like the pent up sexual frustration to have like 48 <laughs> kids and no birth control, yeah. right? And yeah. you're just fucking. Yeah. What, once there's like in... levels of Catholic. There's, you know, there's the 48 kids Catholics and then there's like my family Catholic who are just like, you know, Catholic light. Catholic, no doubt. We're just cats. We're cat people. We're not Catholic Catholics. Light. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this as we uh, draw the pod to a close. And I don't know if you've heard okay. this segment in any other pods, but I started it kind of late. So <laughs> can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. What? Nobody ever gets it the first time. Wait, wait, let me think about it. My, my best first for last. So my best first experience for the last question. Is that what you mean? Yes. Oh my gosh. Right? Look at me. <laughs> Nailed it. it. It's like, what are those stupid videos everybody's putting on their forehead where they got like the jumbled up words and they yeah, got to say it out loud? Yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's what I feel when I say best first for last. People are like, what? <laughs> <But> yeah, <laughs> what? Best first for last. It's because yeah. of the number. Exactly. It sounds like the number. Yeah. But um, dude, yeah, you nailed maybe- it. So whatever first experience that's a cool thing to share about yourself. What was mm-hmm. one of your best firsts for last? Oh my goodness, that's really tough. Um, hmm. <sighs> you got to give me a second here. My best first. Um, I think my 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 first time going to Italy. Well, I've only been to Italy once, so it was my first and last time at this point. But I went to Italy with my mom. And we had a, a little girls trip and I went this October and it was just the most incredible experience. I felt like I was meant to live there <laughs> and it was just, it was so incredible. I'd never been there before and I don't, I, I, my family has never traveled too much. Um, so it was such a cool experience to go to Italy and just live there for a week and experience that culture. That was really, that was probably my best first. What, what um drew or I guess, what did you enjoy so much about the culture? The day drinking? Because it's wine um, all day, well, every day, of course. Right? Yeah, we, we, ate our, we ate our way through Italy for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really love that they, they're so anti the grind and the hustle. Oh. And I think, yeah, they're so anti that. And it's, there's, they slow down and they enjoy their families and, they think that we're crazy here for how much, how much we work. Right. (laughs) And I think that there's so much value to that mentality, like working, working hard and achieving your dream because that's what makes America so awesome. But I think that it has become the hustle and the grind and the, you know, working so late and just sacrificing your own mental health and your own sanity for achieving that dream is totally unhealthy and not necessary. So I really identified with that when I went there because they were just so, they slowed the fuck down, which was so relaxing to be around. Just no hustle, no, none of that. They ate, they drank and they were happy people. There, it's a girl's trip. There has to be a time when you and mom just go full out. We're going to be two hot bitches tonight. 
and oh my gosh, just gonna, every night. Right? So, dude, there had to be like this whole Italian man coming on to yeah. you stories. Dude, you, give me something like that, man. Now, don't yeah. I, I don't want to lead to a divorce or anything. No, but. no, no, no. <laughs> no, I, so there's, I, we went to the Amalfi Coast as part of the trip because we, we stayed in Rome, but we, we spent a couple of days on the Amalfi Coast. And man, there was this one guy who was super, he was this older guy and he was a waiter and he was super cute. And like, he was always flirting with my mom and I, <laughs> and of course we were flirting right back. So we had to, uh, and there was at night I, I went to, um, I went to the vending machine to try to buy cigarettes, but I couldn't figure it out because I didn't speak Italian. <laughs> and so this guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, if you ever want to, if I, if I can take you around one day. And I was like, oh my gosh. I said, I was like, oh, thanks. And I never, I knew I wasn't going to do it, but it was very, it was my Italian, my hot Italian man moment where I was trying to buy cigarettes for my mom and I and this this waiter that we had been flirting with all weekend came up and tried to ask me out. <laughs> oh, so same waiter. Yeah, same waiter. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did he have a scooter to just make the dream come true? Oh, of course he did. Yeah, he came right <laughs> up with a scooter. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm buying cigarettes. And I didn't want to make it seem like I was didn't know how to do it because I didn't want to look stupid. But so it was it was super fun. It was really funny. Aww. And now that's just one of the biggest regrets in your life that you didn't go for the scooter no. ride. Yeah, I know, right? I probably should have. Even even I, I told my boyfriend about it. He's like, why the hell didn't you go? That would have been so fun to like get to know Italy through the perspective of someone else. And I, that's why I love my boyfriend so much. He's super chill like that. He's like, you should have gone. I don't give a shit. It's like, yeah. damn it. And where, did you guys go crazy like shopping wise over there? Because I've never been either, but I hear like the whole, the clothing is a kind of a big, unique thing. Or am I wrong about that? Yeah, I, my mom got some stuff, but I mean, it was more the food. That's what it was all about. The food and the drink, the wine was just so good there. It was so, you can drink as much wine as you want. And you really didn't feel drunk because they don't have all the crap in their wine there. Oh, really? Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's. I don't think that, you know how in, in the States, it, you, you can feel kind of groggy from the wine. I think it's the salt, the sulfites or something. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. So don't quote me on that, but. In Italy, the wine is just so much more organic and really clean, and you can drink a ton of it and not feel hungover. That makes sense. It's great. Yeah. And that is was it, beautiful. Is it all pasta, or what's the food? Sauces? Oh, just all the carbs. <laughs> <laughs> we um, uh, There's pizza. Pizza was so good there. Pizza was amazing. The pasta was amazing. We actually were hiking one day on the Amalfi Coast, and we went up these stairs. Somebody told us to go up and up and up, and we were we were really far up and we didn't think we never knew when it was going to come to an end and we could never find the end, but hidden up like probably miles on these stairs was this restaurant and they had the freshest, most amazing food. It was the best food we had on the whole trip. And the, we never would have found this place if we hadn't kept going up the stairs, but I, I don't even know how people got to it, but this, that was the only <laughs> place where I had actually fresh food in Italy. All the rest was kind of carbs. Gotcha. It was so good. Jesus. It's so funny how when you travel, man, it's like the food just makes or breaks the trip. Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. So <laughs> the is. food. The food is amazing. I, Ireland. I went to Ireland, too. Those are the only two places in Europe I've been. Ireland and Italy. And the food in Ireland was not good. But the booze was amazing. It was super fun there. It was a whole different vibe. But, man, the food was just not good. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say, I want to go to Ireland for the food. No. No. Definitely not. I think Italy is the one, one of the bigger places for food. Italy's the shot, man. So yeah, you got a little bit of travel now. If you would have gone, my man, to Germany, would you have gone to the Italy trip and all that? 
Yeah, he was going to, well, he, I wouldn't have moved by then, um, but he was going to come visit us in Italy uh, when he was in Germany. Okay. Yeah. I was just trying to throw a little more shade on him to be like, man, look at all the awesome experiences you got I know. after. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Poor guy. So funny. Poor guy. Right. No, he, he's awesome. He's a, he's a friend now. Hopefully. And we'll yeah, right. after. After listening to this, probably not. Maybe not. All right. <laughs> Well, Olivia, thank you, man, so much for coming on, letting us get to know you, for uh, answering the message, sharing the story. I know you were a little nervous at first, but uh, it was nice. It was nice chatting with you, man. Oh, it was awesome. Thank you so much. This is great. Cool. (laughs) All right, man. Have a good one. You too. See ya. Encore. And I have no idea how this fucking section is going to work, but it's recording. And what led to this was Olivia with a glass of wine and me wondering, why is it not in Manhattan? And I'm feeling like both of us are feeling good, which led to a message of I'm editing a video, my, my submission video for that was your cue. Survivor. Survivor. What the fuck, man? You didn't bring this up. I know. Well, I have to correct you. It was like my fourth glass of wine. <laughs> not my, not a glass. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm applying to be on Survivor. I'm, I just recorded my video tonight. It's crazy. What? I can't believe I'm doing it. Wait, wait, like. I might die. So, and, and I want to go deep on this, man. And again, like okay. th- this is. This is what I feel can make this pod special. When two people mm-hmm. who are just fucking drunk on wine late at night talk <laughs> about irrelevant shit that matters yeah. so much in the moment. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. That's the magic of wine. Dude, so what do you mean you just recorded your survivor video? Like you went out <laughs> on a lake and a fucking raft, you made your own fire. Tell me about no. this. <laughs> no. So, okay. So my family, we've been watching Survivor for years and years and years, ever since I was tiny, tiny. And we were diehard, diehard Survivor fans. We had, we ordered the buffs online, you know, the Survivor buffs that they all, have you watched Survivor? Um, After the first dude got arrested for tax fraud. Oh, um, yeah. My, actually, so, all right. So before you get to yours, my full disclosure I have two naked and afraid participants oh my God. scheduled to come on to the pod in the next <gasps> three days. My, naked and afraid is dude, in- intense. It's 20 levels deeper than Survivor. And I didn't want to oh, yeah. call you a bitch for going Survivor because I still think you're brave. But at the same time, you're a little bit of a fucking punk. I got to be yeah. honest. But anyway, yeah, so, yeah. so dude, but my daughter's been all in on naked and afraid. And I just started fucking like cold messaging. All the, like I Googled naked and afraid participants on IG, on Twitter, on Facebook. And I'm just fucking like messaging these people and two are scheduled to come on the pod. So when you fucking messaged and said like, yeah, I'm just editing my video for survivor. I was like, no, I need to know this thought process. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So anyway, no, I don't know anything. I don't know much about survivor, but I know the concept. 
Yeah. So we, yeah, like my family's been obsessed with it forever. We would have pizza parties every Thursday night. We had our survivor brackets. It was, it was our March madness. We would fill out the brackets and pick who was going to win. We took it very seriously. Fucking And then I stopped watching it for a while. And then all of a sudden, ever since quarantine started, my mom has watched this season and the season is so epic because it's all the past winners that have won survivor and they're all competing against each other. And so, you know, I've been, I've been watching. I'm like, nah, I can't do that. There's no way I can't do that. I would die. I, I'm, I can't do the puzzles. I'm look stupid. I can't do the challenges. I'm not strong enough, <laughs> but I've always thought I would play a killer social game. And then oh, all of a sudden, that's the yeah. strat. That's your go-to, huh? Manipulator. That's my go-to. Yeah. I would for sure. I would manipulate the shit out of everybody and I would kill it anyway. So that's why I, all of a sudden they started putting ads out for casting I'm like, they're casting the new season. And, but I keep going, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. There's no way. I can't do it. And then I don't know. I, all of a sudden, I was like, I have to do it. So I just did dude, it. Dude, I, I, I dude no, no, no. Something, something fucking, like, what was the light switch? What what flicked uh, it on? Come on, man. Be honest. Okay, so I, my sister, I was texting my sister about it. And I'm like, there's no way I can do it. All these things. And she's like, you have to do it. You got to try. And so my sister is actually the reason. Because she's like, you'd actually be really good at it. And I was like, shit, really? And then I was like, God, I gotta do it. And my mom was making fun of me. She's like, you can't even swim. And I'm like, wait. Wait, what? you can can't totally fucking swim. swim? Yes, I can swim. <laughs> she's just like, never seen me swim. I'm like, without I floaties. Without I floaties. I mean, you've swam, yes. but with floaties. I, I have a mean doggy paddle. I'll take <laughs> take them all down. But yeah, so she was making fun of me. And she's like, you can't do it, all this stuff. And I was like, no, you're right. I can't do it. And then. You know, I was texting my sister about it, and she's like, "You gotta, just try. Why not?" And she's like, "I would do it if I if I was if I didn't have to be on TV." And I love that show. Like, I'd love to be on TV. So yeah, if anything, what I've learned about you in our seriously intense twelve-hour relationship at this point is, <laughs> mm-hmm. you do seem like a fucking performer, man. Oh, I'm yes. So that would be I. It, I just know I'd play the social game. I'd have to train for the physical stuff and maybe train my brain a little bit to do some puzzles and not eat for a few days, but I know I'd slay the social game. Yeah, you you got to take me down the social game road. So what makes okay. you a master manipulator? Well, so in my video, I explain this, and it actually all goes <laughs> back to theater because ah. I've been doing community theater since I was 10. So I have been around people of all ages, all backgrounds since I was 10. I had like 65-year-old best friends when I was 10 years old, right? So I know how to relate to people, and oh. I know how to become their best friend, and I know how to use that to get where I want in life and get ahead. That's just, I mean, you know, it's not, it, it's, it sounds worse than it is. Cutthroat. It's, sounds fucking cutthroat. You're, you're, you're literally eliminating 65-year-olds off an <laughs> no, island no, no. for That's your own survival. No, wow. no, no, no. That's not what I meant. No, what I mean is just like, you know, those, the relationships that you establish in your life are important and sometimes they're strategic. And so that translates so well into Survivor because if you get to know someone and you get them to trust you just enough because you're not going to trust, you, you know, there's never going to be a full trust on Survivor. But if you get them to trust you, you can take different parts of your personality and adapt it to the person in the situation. Mm, chameleon. But you have to be you have to be secretive about it. You can't make it look like a move. It's got to be natural. Yeah. So that's one thing I don't understand. So when you go on Survivor, 
mm-hmm. you're on the island. How many yep. people are starting off? I don't know. I think there's like 20 or 30. I, don't, I really don't know that. All right. So let's go 20. Yeah. What are you looking for with like the top five that you're like, oh, got to get that person. Got to get this person. Oh, like I think what it depends. Traits? It depends on the person. It depends on, on man. You're it depends vet. on the group of people because, you know, I, I know at first I would try to be, I would try to lay low and try oh. to be as completely invisible as possible so that you're not the first target okay. because the first target's always the one that sucks at the challenges or is annoying or, you know what I mean? But then as you get closer to the end, you have to think about who you can beat with the jury because the jury picks the winner and it's based on the way you play your game, the way people feel about you, etc. So if they felt you were authentic throughout, you're going to yeah. get that favorable vote. Sometimes. And then sometimes it's about who played the best game and sometimes they're the villain technically, but you know, I think it really depends on the group of people. Holy shit. Certain seasons go different ways. So it's really a social game. It really is. There's the survival part, but it's mostly a social game. Like the juries actually respect if you were a fucking master manipulator. Depends on the group. Holy shit. Why have I not been watching this? Yeah, the, the last season has been so good because it's all the winners, so it's all the people who are the best at it. So they're all just fucking slicing each other. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So what what is that? Like, and and so my, and it's not even nearly the same, but like I'm trying to like categorize this and piece this together from like a mm-hmm. bachelor, bachelorette standpoint. Oh, dude. Where like the yeah. bitches like go to the guy and she's like, you know, she's just totally against you or she talks shit about blah, 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 blah. But oh my like, gosh. what is... Are you admitting that you openly watched the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise? Um, it's a getting to know you pod, not me, which oh, is okay. my go-to yeah, when yeah. I feel shamed and I'll leave it okay. at that. Okay. No, um, no, no. I'm, a, I'm as... a big Bachelor franchise fan. Yeah. So as a side it's note, dirty. I, had a, I had a fucking Toronto yogi ask me if I ever took psychedelic drugs to warp my mind. And oh I said, God. the only minds I want to alter are those of the children I teach. Oh, <laughs> so, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So that's the level I'm on with, um, yeah, no doubt. Like just plausible deniability. But anyway, yeah, yeah. like the whole point of that is like, what is this slicing up? Like, like what is the game? Like you're purposefully making friends with weaker people that you think others will then fuck over? Well, I don't know. I mean, well, first of all, it's TV. So like, I, I mean, it's all fake. Death. You know, you, I, I look at the, it's funny to see now because the back feelings when I are real, Olivia. The feelings know, are real. Yeah. Feelings or whatever. <laughs> 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 You know, back in the day when there was Survivor, even, you know, going back to the Bachelor franchise, there was no Instagram, there was no social media. Right. So none of these people had social media. But now it's really interesting to watch them on social media because they're all BFFs, either franchise, whether it's Survivor or Bachelor. Because after all the crap that they do to each other, they're all best friends and doing Facebook or Instagram lives together. Crazy. So you think it's disingenuous and it's theater just to populate followers. I'm sure that that's part of it. I mean, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I think you can fake The Bachelor, but I'm not sure you can fake Survivor too much as far as the survival part of it goes. So who's the weak, who's the weak link? 
who are you going for right away? Person doesn't make eye contact. Like, like what are your conversations like when you find your guppy and you're like, right away, oh, I'm using this bitch right away. So who's the, who's the person that I'm using or who's the person I'm getting rid of? I, tell me, but again, dude, I know nothing about this fucking thing. This is sure. why it's so awesome. Like literally after we hang up, I'm going to watch maybe two to three episodes of Survivor. You must. You must. Yeah, dude, I'm it's, fucking geek. So Rocky and Horror. And Rocky Horror. Yeah, I was about to say Rocky Horror or yeah. Survivor or the fucking, what was that? Oh, Jesus. Why can't I remember the Gary Coleman play? Oh, Avenue Q. Yeah. I don't even know if that's online. Dude, it is. The fucking YouTube <laughs> video was like an hour and 45 minutes and I was like, hmm. It's so good. It's but so a, good. But anyway, Survivor. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Like, are you going for a guppy? You going for an alliance right away? Like, you gotta get know. the sacrificial I, lamb, right? I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can strategize all you want beforehand, but until you meet the actual people, because people are such complex beings, right? Like, nobody is going to be. No one is going to be. You can't expect it. You know what I mean? Because you know, you always have your archetypes and your your different characters. But with this, I don't know, because you. It, it depends on the people you get. So do you hang on to the person who's the strong leader and you kind of live in their shadow or do you pick the weaker person that's a little more quiet and you stay quiet with them? I don't know. Mm. That's what you'd have to figure out when you get there. It's all about, it's all about reading people when you get there, in my opinion, at least. Gotcha. And at this point, like everyone knows the survivor is all about manipulating, right? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if it's all about manipulating. I just think that's how I would play it. Oh, so you're just because psychotic. Some, yes, absolutely. That's, that's, that's it. <laughs> I think some people are manipulative on the show, but some people are just, they're leaders and that's what they are and they're straight up who they are. And then some people are just the sweet, nice one. Or I guess you don't know though, because they could be playing it just enough that yeah, they, they might be manipulating people, but they, you think that they're the nice, sweet character that's exactly. going to win in the end. Exactly. They're not some 24-year-old miss thousand islands pageant winner who's been in fucking theater since she was 10 they've been in theater since they were four listen yeah i know i don't know i think i got a good shot at it that's just me i don't know i think i could make it i think i could win i think i could get pretty far dude i think to at least get on the jury that's probably the best the best job in that show is to get on the jury because you don't have to play the whole thing and be miserable but they put you up in some cushy hotel while you wait and then you go to tribal council every night and you get to judge people that'd be super fun little will get voted out the first night how embarrassing would that be shut the f- wait 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 dude there, there's so much in that that you just said so sure your true desire is not to actually win but no. to but to get some sort of fucking like extended drinking vacation and <laughs> the way you're saying it and again based on our seven eight hour relationship this would tell me that actually getting booted off the first night would be the best because if you maintain the jury position, that's a longer vacation where you're just fucking <laughs> living the life in the cushy hotel. Well, no. Okay, the goal is to win the million dollars, which isn't really a million dollars after all the shit that they take out of it, right? So I don't really know how much it ends up being. But the goal is to win the million dollars. If you don't win the million dollars, the goal is to get whatever money they give the top four, which also I don't think is a ton. But if you don't get that far, you don't want to get voted out the first night because then here's the thing is I took a gap between watching because I watched when I was really young and it was very simple. 
And right. then I started watching again. Now there's this whole extinction island. So when the, your tribe puts you out, you have to go live on this terrible island and try to fight your way back in the game. <laughs> so it's there's multiple layers now. Okay. So I'm unsure what they would be doing if I were oh. if I were to be on it. Um. So do you want to be on Extinction Island? <laughs> I don't really know, but <laughs> but anyway. So you you don't want to if it's the way that it was before. You don't want to get voted out the first night because then you're just voted out and you don't you don't get to be on the jury. But if you make it far enough, which I think it's, you know, top 10 or, I don't know, 15 or 10, and you make it on the jury, then you just kind of get to go to tribal council and gotcha. just observe everything, which would be super cool. But the, the goal is to win the million, of course. So two things. You have um, a little sense of, is it hubris that you just enjoy where you feel having power over people is special? Mm-hmm. and yeah, got to get top 10. I mean, you got to get on that tribal council. You're not trying to fucking like scrap your way up in the losers bracket to like no, get back into gonna, some shit. I can't be, I can't place that embarrassment on my family. Oh. <laughs> we voted out the first time. Can you imagine how embarrassing would that be? That'd be so pathetic. If, it was, if you got voted out the first night, oh, that's awful. That's why you got to lay low because you don't want to make too many waves at first. Got you, got you, got you. And so. what's going to be your strategy and we're going to speak it because you're a universe believer. We're going to speak mm-hmm. it into existence. When yes. you get on, what is your strategy mm-hmm. to like, is it thwart or ward off like other manipulators deep down like yourself? Oh, that's a good question. My strategy. I don't know. I think, I don't, I think it, it comes down for me to laying low at first. I think you have to lay low. And kind of just, you don't want to be the super quiet, shy person, but you also don't want to be the outgoing person. No, 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 dude. I'm talking about who you accept. Like, like, let's be honest. You've accepted me. I feel like I'm a part of your tribe. Yeah. But I'm fucking, I'm voting you off the island, man. You got played. Oh my God. You got played. That was the whole fucking reason. You're gone, girl. Now. What do you mean? What can you? I don't know. I just made that as a. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait, what is happening? Okay. I got you. I I'm know, actually I'm, I'm, I'm a survivor producer and you've. Oh my no, gosh. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh. I got it. <laughs> you're like, no, you're so stupid. You're not getting on. Yeah. No, dude. I'm just being, <laughs> I'm just being dumbass. But I guess what I'm saying is like, you were really freaking pretty fucking trusting of me. And then like, I want to say, you trust been, no one. No. Well, but. All right, but how do you develop relationships without trusting someone? So that's my question. How are you going to forge relationships without actually having a relationship? I, I just, I, it's so hard to describe because I just think you need to feel it out. I think that you have to read the people around you. And you know what? You don't trust anybody. That's the whole thing. You can't, it's, you're on the island for what, 30 days or something. So it's not like, it's not forever. So it's not like you're getting to know these people like crazy. Right. But I think you just, you, you trust no one, but you also have to at some point play the strategic game of having alliances. You don't have to trust someone to have an alliance. Yeah. Well, everyone has a fucking alliance, right? There's like 38 different alliances and the, the cluster fuck and spider web that they turn into is. Oh yeah. The Especially thing. Every, the season. It's nuts. Everyone's backstabbing. But I guess like, yeah, if, I guess I'm thinking like it comes down to two things, right? You mm-hmm. are either an approacher or you are approached. 
right? I think that would be me. I'd be approached. Okay. So you're hoping I think you're, I would... you're, you're doing the, yeah, you're, you're doing the whole like camouflage and let yeah. fuckers come to me versus you yeah. trying to pick the pony to ride. Yeah. I think you have to have multiple friends and multiple camps. You're in you're but you're still camouflaged. So you're, you're laying it low, but you have small relationships with each side. So you kind of hear what each side is doing. If you can pull it off, but you have to be able to pull it off. Some people don't get away with that. And what so happens, I, to, what happens to them? They get put on a raft. No, they, I mean, burned. it just, it depends if it, you know, they could get, they could get caught. So they <laughs> might be voted out. They might be voted out. The whole thing is you get voted out by your tribe. Gotcha. So they could get voted out. They could have, or if they're playing a smart game, they could have found an immunity idol and they know what's going on and they know that their name might be written down tonight. So they play the idol and they shake it up. Jesus. Um, it's very complex. Dude, there's, I, I so, and that's part of what I'm really interested in with the naked and afraid people is like how much of a role during the time do the producers and camera people have? Oh, I'm sure. Versus like you just fucking out there, right? Yeah. Like, well, I'm sure it's a ton because they have to make an interesting TV show. Right. It's got to be good. So, I mean, I think casting is a big part of it, but I don't know. The producers play, in the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise, they play a huge role. I mean, that's all producer, right? Yeah, but that's so like sensualized, like slutty, like like romance novel <laughs> type shit. I mean, it's just fucking overindulged. It's not that I watch it or that I admit to not not watching it. I'm just saying that from what I've heard, it's mm, just yeah. so overdone. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Yep. Got it. <laughs> I'm. This is my accusatory tone. Okay, I didn't like believe it. You know it. what? I'm voting you off for being sarcastic. There it you is. You know what? Done. Well, I have an immunity idol, so you can't. And all my friends just wrote your name down, so you're going home. Jesus, is that how it works? Fuck, I didn't play the cards right. I know. What was on your video, man? What was your pitch to them? Did you sing? Were you like, I can be the no. island entertainer? Oh my god, that that would get me voted off so fast. People would be so annoyed. Would it like, really? <laughs> I like, think so. You think that? Because if you have an annoying person, then you're gonna they're gonna get voted off soon. Dude, um, there's no fucking cable or Wi-Fi. Like, what are these people doing for entertainment? You have multiple, multiple creative outlets to express yourself and entertain. Why is that not like desirable? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that would be annoying, but maybe that's just. Hey, that's just me. If somebody started singing while you're on an island, I'd be like, hey, shut up. <laughs> um, my pitch, I don't know. I, had, I said a few things. You know, the, the whole pitch is you have to be a comp- you have to be compelling, right? Because when it comes down to it, there is the game of Survivor, but there's also, they need personalities. Right. So I just tried to be authentic to who I am and tell a compelling story about myself that was you know you know i brought up the theater thing and how i played the game um and then so at the you're end, I setting to... yourself up to be a manipulator yeah of course that oh they want God. that of course yeah you're fine That's... with being framed that way like they're gonna like yeah. parse you in that manner olivia grant well the manipulator. no 
Well, that's what, so I, okay. So the other thing about me is that I do a lot of research before I do these things. So I watched a lot of the videos for casting and they say that, you know, they're, they're looking for people who will, who want to win and will do anything to win. And like they, in the casting, when you go in person, cause there's a few levels to it, they ask you all of the questions about, would you backstab your friend? All that stuff. Uh. Cause they want to know that you're going to be able to do it. And this makes the game sound a lot worse than it. You got to watch it because it's not, it's not as like backstabby manipulative as it sounds, you know? Dude, it sounds fucking juicy. Like it, juicy. it really does. Again, like I, I don't remember this bitch has been on like 20 some years, right? Mm. Almost oh, definitely. 30 or 20 something, plus. right? Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's a fucking franchise for a reason. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just a really interesting concept because you have the physicality part of it. You have the mental game and you have the, you know, emotional game with people and there's just so many different elements to it. Strategy. It's so crazy. You've, positioned yourself to be an all out i'll rip your fucking throat out manipulative no. backstabbing no, cutesy girl that will get the older people to love you for being younger and then trick no, the younger people that. no i was just that's what saying, i heard I was, no okay well May I hopefully I don't know if it comes across and gets me on the show then whatever but <laughs> if it comes across that way um, no I just Glorious. you know I think, I think being able to read people and being able to relate to people is a valuable skill and I think that if you can adapt your personality and okay this just does sound manipulative all right I get it <laughs> sounds mani- yeah manipulative as yeah. fuck you're like yeah I can't I, wait no. to read people so that I can help alter their feelings in ways that are beneficial for myself for my game. so it's that a game. I That's may prosper point. while they fall to the wayside at an opportune time. I'm not Just because you explain the shit with like right multiple syllables doesn't fucking mean it don't boil down to you're fucking shady. Listen, you know, I—that's not how I play my life, right? I don't, no, I don't no, like dude, to do that, but. dude. I'm not, I'm not saying it's your life for sure. No, I'm not coming at you in that kind of way. I don't, no. I actually don't think that's you at all. But that's why I find it fucking interesting. Like you're, yeah. you're, you seem again, and that's part of like the fun of this podcast is you make like almost like life judgments about people after knowing them mm-hmm. for an hour or two. But yeah. Again, scrolling through the Instagram, seeing the fucking whatever after we hung up, like the video of Steven Tyler Dream On, like you fucking are a performer. And it's like, (laughs) yo, she's going to go out here and go after these fools. And like, like it might not be in you, but I'm almost positive. Didn't you say you enjoyed the role of the girl that got the guy killed? in some sort of yeah. play am i correct or yeah. incorrect in saying yeah. that yeah okay yeah. that that that's that that's all i wanted that's to hear it. you know i don't know yeah it, i i am who i am <laughs> <laughs> and oh my god dude that's fucking sick man and so like what sort of editing and like background videoscapes did you go with for your does that matter in your research for the no uh, i didn't want to make too flashy no i don't think they want flashy i kind of just i just i sat in my parents basement and took a video and simple lighting simple cross dissolve editing and boom done 
Got you. So it's really yeah, you, simple. You're thinking it's really more not it's not production. It's more about like character traits. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's really what they're looking for. Because I think they just want people who are who are going to be able to deliver on the ITMs and all the interviews within the show and be, be good storytellers and stuff like that. So that's what I God. that's what I went with instead of the flashy video, because I could have done a flashy video, but I figured it wasn't worth it. Dude, that's so true. I forgot all about like the little like one on one interviews. Mm-hmm. Oh my yep. god. Like and that's another like production value, right? Like you're alone on an island surviving with your group, but yet you're being asked questions in pristine conditions and backgrounds yep. about how you feel about situations. Yeah. This is all a ploy for me to get on the video crew, you know? <laughs> I play the game and I'm like, all right, let's be real. I don't know how to get on your video crew, but I want to be on your video crew. I would love to be a camera person on this show. How fun would that be? Shut the fuck up, dude. That's the goal. That would be pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, if I, but that, that's the thing. If you, you know, you, you're away from your family for a while, though. So I don't know how that would work and like not seeing my loved ones. But, you know, I mean, that would be super fun to be on that, to be on that video crew because you don't have to do any of the super crazy crap. Right. And you can just watch the drama unfold and just, you know, and there's a, there's a little bit of athleticism to it, which is fun. And, I don't know. It'd be super cool. But I, I, I looked up the production jobs a few months ago and I couldn't find anything. So Oh, so like camera people are eating them up, huh? I don't know. I think they're just kind of hidden because there's a certain production company. It's not through CBS. They hire out these production companies to do the work for to, you know, do the actual oh. shooting of the show and producing and stuff. So gotcha. it's not like a job you can find on CBS. I think they just it's like I don't know, Mark Burnett something i don't know that'd be super cool that'd be an awesome job can you imagine just being able to chill in fiji (laughs) be a camera person on that show is it really chill or are they fucking pulling like 18 hour days and just fucking following these people everywhere and you're like what do you do when they fucking hurt themselves like are you allowed to have medical they have medical on on site medical staff so you blow a whistle and like people come and help them yeah, I think the I think the medical staff is always on site. I'm pretty sure, at least nearby, because you know they've never obviously they've never had anybody die. So, yeah. geez, can you imagine? Dude, I'll be the first. Was, <laughs> dude, that was when I told my daughter I had two people from Naked and Afraid coming on. She was like, "So, Daddy, no one's ever oh. died, right? Like, they all oh. come back okay, <laughs> like." I'm pretty sure that if they died, it would be a really big deal. So yes, they all come back. Oh. It's like one of those absolutes that you have to guarantee your child without actually knowing. Yeah, I'm sure that you know? yeah, there's no way. But I'm no, sure. there, there's no fucking way that they would allow like a hippo to eat somebody or a crocodile oh to God, fucking you? snatch you up, you know? Oh my gosh, can you imagine? That'd be terrible. <laughs> I think people have gotten hurt before. People have had to leave the island to go home, but... Yeah, but I mean... Nothing... Like, intense somebody's like actually died yeah you slip on a rock or whatever you know yeah yeah (laughs) um so you couldn't play sports you had to become a complete theater dork which made you completely unathletic although still able to become miss thousand islands did i get Mm -hmm. that right without my notes you got it great fucking job sean you Um, got it so survivor's athleticism isn't fucking you up with like 
your health issues that stopped no. you from playing sports? How? No. I, well, so I asked my sister about this. My sister's a PA. So, she, so I was asking her, I'm like, is there any medical crap that I would go through for this? And she's like, no, you should be fine. I can't play contact sports. So, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a runner, I, although I do hate running, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I would say I'm pretty athletic. I work out a ton and, you know, I, I'm a pretty athletic person, but I just can't play contact sports. That's all. So I can't, you know, if something were to hit me, that would be bad. But and they don't do any of those challenges anymore where they, um, you know, wrestle each other or anything. Yeah, like Red they Rover, just, Red all, Rover type shit. Sure. Yeah. So it's all obstacle courses now. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you had a vascular issue that if you got hit would construct constrict blood flow? Is was that like the thing? Um it's it's kind of it's so weird. So it's I'm really susceptible to blood clots and stuff and that's what oh, the whole okay. kind of deal with it. But when I was playing soccer when I was in second grade, something happened. I really don't even remember what it was, but then all of a sudden I reached down and my hands covered in blood. And it oh, just shit. completely it was like a it's gross, so beware. But it was like so much blood was running out of it. It was like a faucet had turned on. So just really weird, random, faster condition I have. Just where was weird the blood, blood like flow and shit. coming out of your fingertips? Like what was no, fucking no, causing no, the geez, blood, no. dude? Out of Jesus. my leg, yeah, out of my leg. So it's on oh, the okay. disorder's on my leg, yeah. So it's just on my. It broke my the left skin. Leg. Like you bumped someone and it broke the skin. Somehow, yeah, it's a you know, it's kind of like, it's a raised birthmark. I don't know if you ever seen a port wine stain. You know what that is? Uh, no. Yeah, it's just a, it's like a big, big red birthmark on the skin, but mine is raised, so it's almost like when you get burned, like somebody's really severely burned, and it has that raised feeling to it. That's what it is. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Mm-hmm. But you know, for this, I'd be fine. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I hope we'll see unless somebody uh, fucking hits you with that an immunity idol and they're like yeah. not today bitch not today bitch yeah that's the whole game you know oh i try so hard i make it to like the finals and i have to be airlifted out because somebody threw an immunity idol at me <laughs> oh dear dude that is fucking amazing I had no idea. Again, like, so just if in case anybody, and I think we got, yeah, dude, I'm almost positive. We had two hours before we're a half hour in. So this is fucking Mm -hmm. 150 minutes. Like Mm -hmm. you were messaging me being like, I'm so young. I don't have a story. I don't know. And like, I, I can't remember if I was overly persistent because i feel like anyone who takes the bait on my fishing scam of like come on you'll be great i'm just fucking like hyping up like dude you're fine you're fine come on come on come on Mm -hmm. but you legitimately were like i'm so young i don't have anything to say and (laughs) you fucking had all sorts of shit man (laughs) yeah i don't know i was just being modest i guess (laughs) Humble brag. So I just had to. I had to like. Yeah, I had to give you that humility before I came out. No, I'm kidding. So I got duped. So you fucking manip- you, I you fucking you. got you're me into your tribe. Jesus. Yeah, I was no, fucking no, no. played. No, no, no. Look at that. Um, no. So I obviously need to post this preemptively to help those who are going on the next season to know who they're dealing with. No, you can't. That'll ruin my strategy. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine? 
and we listen to that podcast and we're gonna vote you off first i'll be like oh i'll be cursing your name on the way home wouldn't that be awesome (laughs) they were like (laughs) yeah olivia so based on something you said saturday 11 with four glasses in we know the kind of manipulative bitch you are and deuces (laughs) deuces yeah exactly that's probably what's gonna happen god you know what honestly i would be so happy if that's what happened because it means i actually have listeners i'm sorry that's selfish i apologize but it's survivor it's survivor it's about my downloads listen hey i get it i get it dude i totally get it (laughs) it's all about the downloads I cannot oh believe goodness. you're so willing. Why not go naked and afraid, man? Why go no way. survivor? Absolutely not. No, that's different. That's too much for me. I can't do that. Because what is? I don't even. I'm. I'm not even sure what naked and afraid. Naked and afraid is about. You just go out naked and you're afraid in the wilderness. What is it? Yeah, I mean, you gotta have like they try to pick people who are like real survivalists. So like yeah, you can make okay. fire no with way. your toes. All right. So yeah, you're totally in on the whole like persona manipulation. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go Dude, out naked and afraid. No, no, yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. Be that's that's, uh, that's fine. That's fine. And um, don't you have to be alone, and then you have to survive in the wilderness? Um, normally you get a partner, and you make like you meet in some weird um clearing, and there's this awkward naked hug before. <gasps> Wait, you... are you really naked? Dude, you strip. You get dropped no off at two different. How do you think naked and afraid doesn't mean you're naked? Listen, no, I know it means something, but I just wanted to make sure because I don't know, but they don't show, they must put like a bar over you on TV. Oh, it's blurred for sure. But like when not in real life. So if you're the person and you're approaching the other person, there's this whole like, you know, like the classic romantic, like you're running through whatever, the like flower field and you're just like jaunting. And you do a naked hug. Oh, oh my love, you've come for me. Like that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's totally that, but with a stranger completely naked and you've been eating like crazy to build up your fat knowing that you have no protein for the next like 12 days. Wait, wait, wait. So, okay. Now I have a kind of a, I just have a juicy question. Did they ever like fall in love, not fall in love, but they were like wanted, I don't you know, know like dude, get together? I've so been waiting for that because- so often a bunch of naked people dude you're in the desert well my mind goes to like does odor keep you away oh sure because you don't want to no but at the same time (laughs) dude like here's here's the weird thing and they I, i think it's discovery so i feel like they try to like make it family oriented but they're sure. like a lot of motherfuckers spend time in the desert where they have to be like huddled close together and yeah, you're basically spooning somebody at <gasps> night. Okay, but is it guys and girls? Or yeah, not dude, guys and it's girls, fucking you know, guy whoever. and girl. No, dude, it's guy and girl. You're fucking spooning. And no one's ever. Well, no I, ever. I don't know if oh, no one is so ever. But dude, right? Like, dude, I, my fucking mind goes there all the time, and I'm like, how does this not escalate? Right, like right. there's there's no fucking TV. That like there's that no the distraction. Like it's fucking two in the morning, and you kind of just give that little like sup. 
That's how you stay alive. That's not, that, that would be your only hope of staying. That I mean, I don't know. That's that's crazy that that's never happened. Oh, I'm not. Know. I'm not saying it's never happened. What I'm but they, hoping. Well, they're not gonna put it on camera. Oh, dude, for sure. But I got, like I said, two of the people are scheduled to come on. My man Luke is supposed to come on tomorrow. <sighs> I, I'm hoping, hoping that I have the balls to ask him. You like, ask. Well. Wait, I didn't tell you this, right? Do you know the movie Scarface? No. You're so fucking young. Jesus. Why am I even <laughs> talking to you? You don't know like, oh, say hello to my little friend. Oh, yeah. Sure, I know that. But I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen it. Okay, that's Scarface, right? Okay, sure. So two days ago, the dude that Scarface was based on, uh huh. I had him on my podcast. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Dude, I was, I was so fucking scared to ask him anything. Oh, you can do it. No, no, dude, dude. I emailed him and I was like, can we do a second one? Because I've kind of thought about some different points that I would like to bring up. And if you are open to the availability and like total fucking bitch on my part, but like, dude, hour and a half to two hours of this motherfucker. And like, I'm like, yo, you're fucking Scarface. No. Yeah, I get it. And that's, like, that's tough. just but, how do you fucking then, like interject and talk over and like assert yourself to fucking Tony Montana? Like, how do you do that? You, you got to do it. No, you got to do it. So it, you have to ask the naked and afraid people. You oh, must. Well, well, I, I'll be very disappointed. I have to know the answer. So yeah, that that's where I'm getting to where like, I have so much regret from not going like all in, like when the fuck, like what if he doesn't want to come back on? Right. Like what if sure. Jorge, George. And he was like, I'm like, Oh, professor Jorge. And he was like, yeah, you can call me George. And I'm like, I'm a fucking call Scarface George. Are you fucking Uh-oh. kidding me, dude? But anyway, like, like, it's amazing, dude. He, that made me realize like, if you got somebody, you got to fucking you got get it. somebody, right? Like you got yeah, to fucking, go. dude, you got to Like just, and if they tell you to fuck off, like just deal with it. But sure. Yeah. You got to fucking go. So, Anyway, that's my naked and afraid thoughts. Like, yo, it's 40 degrees. You got some smoldering rocks. You're spooning oh my uh, God. an attractive individual next to you. Are How they attractive? Does... Are they often attractive? I feel like that's kind of the... It's not okay. like they're picking like soccer moms who aren't doing yoga. They're picking people who are fucking fit. And I feel like maybe it's because I'm a male. I feel like most times the females are more attractive than the males. However, I'm not a female that is attracted or a male that is attracted to males mm-hmm. that can judge that. Cause maybe you're into like those, those kind of dudes. Maybe they have to sign a waiver or something, you know, maybe they like have to, you a know, no like fucking you can't waiver. Fuck, yeah. Like don't, don't fuck each other. You can't don't fuck. Don't. Like, well, I mean, maybe some of them are like in relationships or something. Oh, dude, I'm sure they are. But so if you're but the you're kind, probably, your instincts must kick in. I'm not trying to be a dick, but like dude, your instincts must be like, how does that guy know? You know, I day don't know. Three? That's just me. Dude, day three, you're fucking spooning and like no cloth, no barriers. Dude, there's no way. Right? Someone's going to, someone's going to slip it in. I'm sorry. I'm just, dude. I got to say it. It's going to happen. <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Right. So you just here, hold on. Like, here's, hold on to every hope of your, every thought of your partner. You're like, don't do this on TV. 
Oh my god, that's terrible. So uh, now you're the camera person. You got rejected from Survivor. Mm-hmm. Discovery, Naked and Afraid, said, Olivia, we really like who you were. We feel mm-hmm. you're talented. We've heard you on the Getting to Know You pod. And we have a position for you. We want you to film these naked and afraid people while they sleep. And oh my gosh. And then you start to see the spooning turn into scooping. Scooping. <laughs> scooping. And now what? and now you're recording that. Do you cut away? Do you focus in? What's the camera angle? You see, you do you do like a, um, the Office. You watch the Office. Oh fuck yeah! Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. So I you, watch like three you do, episodes. You pan this over morning. to the other camera people, and they get that look to the camera, like the Office, like oh shit. <laughs> they do the That's shrug, do. like eh? yeah. So you like, like the gym helper? Yeah, yeah. So you fan over yeah. to like the hippo that's like just outside, and you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh gosh. Yeah, that's what I don't know. That's that would be my angle, but okay. that's just me. I hope Can you imagine holds... that, that there's probably like there's probably a um what do they call that? The deep web. They probably sell naked and afraid sex tapes. Dark web. Don't act like you haven't been there, Olivia. Okay. The, I thought it, no. There's a deep web and a dark web, right? Um, one you, is worse. You've got to educate me onto that, or maybe I shouldn't be educated. Oh, you got it. No, you don't have to go. Don't do that because that you'll die. Don't but... Google deep web. No, don't go anywhere. That's terrible. You're gonna die. Have you heard the stories of the deep, the deep slash dark webs? Mm. They're crazy. People mm. die. Shut they the get fuck up, dude. And... Shut the fuck up. No, off. for real. You gotta look up the the deep web for no. the dark web. I don't know. Dude, Whatever dude, it is. You're, you're you're. So I've heard of the dark web again with my boomer ass middle aged self being like that's where you get your identity stolen and your 401k's gone and now my credit score's ruined yeah but you're talking about some like next level shit where people have actually... you never heard about like the crazy side of the i don't i, I don't know what the deeper i don't know what the difference is but the deep slash dark web have you never heard those you gotta you gotta look up some stories it's no crazy. now you have me fucking scared to google dude tell me about don't... this no, deep just go web. on YouTube and be like stories from the deep web. And people just get, you know, their their stuff hacked and there's all a whole bunch of shit. People people looked up look up some fucked up shit on that. Like there are some crazy, terrible things that happen on there. You're being super unspecific and I don't well, appreciate like, it. Yeah, I don't wanna like I don't know. People like there's some just weird. I don't know. I don't want to say anything. I don't Why, know. dude? What? Because because all of a sudden they're gonna fucking like the the like there's a singular <laughs> deep web individual like it's the mafia. They're that's gonna, gonna, come gonna be to like me in the night. Olivia was fucking talking about us to Sean. <laughs> yes, oh, a thousand percent. I'm gonna die tonight. Jesus no. Christ. Um, no, it's just you know you, you get some fucked up shit like people being tortured. You can like buy it. It's crazy. And then you know like oh, people dude. can steal your shit. It's crazy. Yeah, so you can that look was up like crazy some videos. movie. Yeah, that was some like movie prem. Like that was like Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage and like I want to say her uh. name was Kate Lang, where like a motherfucker's like Morse code blinking to get like help, and the more clicks that were happening, the more poison that was going into his body. Can you imagine? Yeah, I yeah, just... but that was fucking Hollywood, man. You're telling me no, that shit is, is out no, there. No, no. This this shit is real. Like, Shut the fuck up. Don't man. even fuck with it. Yeah, Shut it's, the fuck it's up, insane. Dude. No, dude, you've you gotta look lying. it up. You no, gotta you've got no. You're telling me look, again. 
And I feel, fuck, I wish I had the notes. It was something you were like, oh, that's right. You were like, yeah, I drink all night. I'm slow and steady, but quick. So you're yeah. also telling me like, you've got to look it up, but don't fucking go there. No, no, no. You can you can look up stories about it, but you can't go to the deep web. Dude. You know what I mean? You can look up the stories, no, but you can't, I, you can't actually find, you can't, don't try to get to the deep web and be on it. That'd why, be awful. Why are you, you have to have had some sort of knowledge or experience of this deep web. No, I just, I get sucked into like murdery podcasts and like these stories about the deep web. I just, if somehow you end up on these rabbit holes on YouTube or whatever. That's how I got there. So it's ghost tales. You're just scared of a ghost. No, no, no. This is real. I'm not. I'm telling you, it's real. It is real. The deep web is real. Yeah, but you have no like concrete actual. No. Oh my gosh. Of course not. I wouldn't be here. I'd be dead. I'd be dead. I'd be dead. <laughs> I'd be broke, but I'm already broke. So <laughs> which makes you a prime uh, candidate. They they have nothing to take from you. Olivia. I have nothing to lose. Yeah. Right. Like. Go and then tell no, us about your exploration. You can, you can tell the story on your podcast. You can do it. Totally not. The deep web. Jesus Christ. You gotta look it up. It's crazy. It's crazy shit. No, man. I feel like it's just fucking people. I guarantee you it's just people just fucking like um not dramatized. There's a better word for dramatizing where you're just like ex- not exacerbating. We're like you're exaggerating, but there's a better word for it. Where you're just fucking going all in on this myth because who's gonna validate it because it's so fucking scary? Like, who walks into the poltergeist house built on the Indian gravestones? Nobody. So I you fucking got- believe you if you run out of there. I don't know. You know, I'll try to I'll try to find some evidence and I'll send it to you. I'm telling you. Dude, don't send me that shit. I'm cool with no, Gary either. Coleman no, no, no. fucking. Like... I'm cool with Gary Coleman like singing about homeless people. You can send me that shit all day. <laughs> don't fucking send me on some deep web click and all no, of a sudden just... the Russians know what's up. Uh, well, you know, well, if it's safe, I'll send it to you. I'm not going to send you the deep web. It's just the stories, friends. No. Oh, I'm calling guys. bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. Wait, you're not. Okay. A... You're not a millennial. What are you? What's your generation? I'm a millennial. I'm just on the cusp of millennial and Gen Gen Z. Gen Z, is that it? Yeah. Dude, you got to be a Gen Zer. You can't be. No, a no, no. I'm I'm on the cusp. All right. Don't call me a Gen Z. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm really <insulted>. really. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I'm 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 a millennial. I'd right. say I'm a millennial. All right. So you're last wave of the so I was first wave of the millennials. You're last wave of mm-hmm. the millennials. And I feel like you're setting my tribal ass up. I thought we were of the same tribe, apparently. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not setting you up for what? To get for some killed on the deep web? Fucking deep web soul sucking shit, not, man. No, you're just gonna get sucked into the stories. I don't know. I, I I'm don't so know. curious There's... right now. I'm my mind is just fucking going a million miles an hour. You have like... a lot of you have a lot of videos to watch. <laughs> you have you have to watch Rocky Horror. You have to watch survivor you've met you have lots of homework yeah no doubt i'm fucking oh my god like i'm a quarantine within a quarantine of myself and just fucking put like five locks on a door yeah and go all in i have a question i know i'm probably not supposed to ask you questions no it's the getting to know you it's the getting to know you pod no no but i have to know what your harry potter house is 
What do you mean my Harry Potter house? Do you watch, do you know Harry Potter? I mean, I've heard of the character. Oh my God. You don't know that you haven't read Harry Potter. Dude, it's the worst, it's the worst fucking story ever. It's the worst fucking piece of literature. Have you, have you, have you read the books? Um, Jesus. How do you not know? Do do I really, no, it's not that I don't know. It's do I want to. Do I want to be this guy? Um, you don't like the books? <sighs> so there's two things about this. Okay. One. No, I'm not. I, I don't enjoy science fiction, fantasy fiction, where the fucking words are too polysyllabic for me to actually know that there's true meaning behind them. Like if I can't fucking Greek Latin root breakdown, I'm out. Like I, I can't keep track of 48 fucking characters and 23 different <gasps> sports and 48 different villains. But oh my gosh. the better part that set me on this, and this is actually one of my proudest moments. And I feel like I shared this on one podcast. Um, I had an English professor that made us, um, that told us we had to read Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. <laughs> Jesus. It's getting late. Harry Potter. While, um, we were in college and I'm like, dude, I'm not reading that fucking like 500 page book. There's no fucking way. So I was a religious objector and I wrote a page and a half. Oh my God. Actually, I know I fucking put it onto a page. I read the first fucking like page and a half of Harry Potter about the wizard coming and like the kids sleeping in the cabinet and blah, blah, blah. And I took like six points and I just bullshitted my way into getting out of any Harry Potter assignment because I said it went against my religion. And the argument I made in that paper was so fucking good, dude. I got out of all the other assignments for this literature course that I had to respect it and be like, you know what? I fucking beat Harry Potter, man. Fuck that book. Oh my gosh. That's a really interesting story. That's crazy. Yeah. So you no. know, I, I'll give you that. You know, I, I can't object. I can't object. That's great. Dude, a fucking wizard's walking down a street light and he's busting shit out of kids in a cabinet. No one's fucking adopted you. Like I'm, I'm out like within the first fucking 25 so pages. Good. I'm out. There's oh, no fucking gosh. way. There's no fucking. Wow. Why, why do Listen, you like I don't Harry like, Potter? I don't like fantasy sci-fi stuff either, but I do love Harry Potter. Why? Why? Because I, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I liked it. I found it compelling. But you had to connect to it on some reason, is what I'm saying, dude. I don't know. Just, oh, you I, know, dude. Don't be all fucking scared about being a geek. It's okay, man. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, you're getting voted off the island right away. Goodbye. Was that too harsh? <laughs> no, no. Um, I don't know. I just maybe I don't know what it was because I was a little bit. I was a little bit younger than the people who grew up with it. My my sister and brother grew up with it. Oh. So it wasn't, you know, growing up with Harry Potter or anything like that. It just, I don't know. I found it interesting. Yeah. I read being, it when I was at camp. I don't know. You're being Maybe hella just, unspecific. And you keep mentioning this what, camp, dude. Like band camp, theater camp. Yeah, it was theater camp. It was called oh Stager Manor. All the famous people went there. You're a fucking theater camp kid. Yeah, like, okay, but I'm a fucking theater camp kid who went to the same camp as Robert Downey Jr. 
It's pretty cool. Seriously, I'm not kidding. Dude, All I'm not. I am. Oh my god! All right. Um. This one time at theater camp. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I don't so, know. I just love Harry Potter. Anyway, so I guess I don't know what your Harry Potter house is. It's just you know it, it, you're set of it, you basically get sorted into a house based on your personality and your set of like characteristics oh. as a person. Dude, yeah, so never I got that deep people. into it. Never got that deep into it. Yeah, break. No, it's super fun. So, what's your Harry Potter house? I'm a Slytherin for sure. It's like the evil house. I'm uh, always sorted into that house. A Slytherin? It's, it's the, like the yes. It's so there's four houses. There's Gryffindor, Slytherin, Ravenclaw, and Hufflepuff. So oh, Jesus, see, you lost right? me at the third syllable. Like after yeah, right? Gryffindor, I was like, dude, I'm out. <laughs> dude, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Gryffindor is so Gryffindor is the brave house. So the people that are brave and right? leaders and all that, right? Okay. So then there's Hufflepuff, and those are the nice people, the kind ones, the ones who are, you know, always nice to their friends, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, definitely then, not you. You're not winning Survivor in that house. <laughs> no, you don't win Survivor like that. Um, and then there's Ravenclaw, and they're the smart ones. So they, oh. you know, they're the ones that are always studying, blah, blah, blah. And then there's Dude, wait, Slytherin. Wait, 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 wait. Ravenclaw is not you, though. Theater camp, social observer. No, 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 because like I'm degrees? Slytherin, for sure. I'm Slytherin, because Slytherin is, I'm always, I take every quiz I've taken on this, I'm always falling into Slytherin, because Slytherin is the one that is cunning, manipulative, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, resourceful, that's the big word, resourceful. Oh, yeah, so I love that's how like people are like, yeah, I can fuck you over. You know what? No, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm resourceful. resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. So yeah. what makes you more resourceful than smart? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> the fact that I don't know the question is probably what it is. <laughs> like, not smart enough to figure it out. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on your definition. Just, for me, smart is knowing all the facts and stuff. <laughs> But resourceful is being able to, I don't know, resourceful is more of a social, like, yeah, manipulate. street smarts. Yeah, you can fucking street manipulate. Smarts. Get by. Street smarts versus book smarts. That's the difference between those two houses anyway. Got you. Okay, yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. That makes sense. And then the other ones are like the gummy bears and... Wait, is there um, like an athletic type? Like, you got like the cute cuddlies, like overly emotional... You got uh-huh. the book smart, you got the fucking like hustlers, and then do you have the athletes or No, that's it. I mean, I guess I guess that would be I don't know. I don't think that there's an athletic house. There's the leaders, so that's you know, you have like uh what the hell's it called? You have um Gryffindor, which are the leaders, so maybe they'd be more athletic, but I don't think that there's any specific athletic house. There's just athletic people from all of them. They play Quidditch. Yeah. Well yeah, that's <laughs> too many that... syllables. No, I'm I'm quid ditch too so i'm cool with that that's not too bad because i can say broom i can say ball i can say hole so i get the premise sure you got it (laughs) no doubt so yeah those are the those are the houses and you're like a fucking proud like is this a tattoo you have do you have a slytherin tattoo no no i just have a lightning bolt tattoo 
Shut the fuck up. Like, that's Harry Potter related, or what is that about? No. Actually, I put this in my Survivor video, too. So, my biggest fear is lightning. So, I got it tattooed on me. Oh, you're that kind of person. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very, I'm so afraid of lightning. It's it's actually ridiculous. It, lightning is so terrible to me that it takes my breath away every time I see it. I'm so scared of it. Um, So, I... It, number one, it's a powerful thing. It's a super cool. I mean, lightning's cool. It's powerful. But I want it to be more powerful than lightning, so I put it on my body because I was scared of it. So <laughs> that's that's the story behind that tattoo. And that makes you more powerful. The fact that you have ink on you. No, just, no, 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 no. It just makes me. It, I don't know. It's just it's just a s- symbolic thing that I don't let my fears fuck with me. Gotcha. I guess that's I don't know, but it also looks cool. It also kind of looks badass, and it's hidden, so nobody can see it. So I'm not gonna like not get a job for it, but. Gotcha. Well, like, wait. So, like, if you're this creative theater camera person, like, why does it fucking matter that you have a lightning bolt, like, whatever, going down your forearm, or where is it? It's behind my ear. Oh, it's a little tiny thing. Tiny baby, yeah. Oh, dude, that's actually kind of dope. I want so many more. I I really do. I once you get one tattoo, you're done. Do you have any tattoos? Uh, no. No. Yeah, once you get one, then you're hooked. You want a million more. But I try to give myself a year before I get one because it's forever. So I have to think about it for a year and want it for a year actively before I get it. Because you're worried about being like impulsive youth, like you're gonna get a fucking Quidditch ball or a broomstick yeah, right. between your legs. Yeah, I don't think anything's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Can you? Do you think there are motherfuckers out there that have like a broomstick tattooed behind their back thighs oh. that makes them look oh. like they're riding it when they close oh. their legs? I'm, I'm almost a thousand percent sure. And the world, people that have tramp stamps, I'm sure that they have. Quidditch or the verb sticks. I'm sure. I'm sure you can Google it. There's plenty of Harry Potter tattoos out there. Dude, I'm trying to tell you, like, and again, like, I'm getting to that age where, like, you're seeing those girls when the tramp stamp was popular at this point in their life when they're like moms on the beach fucking with their kids. And you're just like, damn, girl. Damn, girl. Why? Like, like, spring break was that great? Like, you had to drop that $85. No, I know. I really love tattoos too, but there's just something about the tramp stamps. They just, I think, I also think that the ink has faded so much. So it always looks like a weird blue if it was, if it was black ink. So you're like, it's just a bad tattoo. You know? Well, it's such bull, like, like, and, and I, I'm not, I get if you're trying to be that person to draw a little attention to an ass crack, but if, if you're if you're really like if you got it like that do you really need the extra attention to that ass or aren't dudes no. already seeing that like girlfriend got, got yeah. that ass do you know what i'm you saying that's what i'm saying like so if, if you see like a flat ass chick with it i could kind of understand because you need that enhancement yeah but if if you were fucking yeah. donk, like why no, are you yeah. like that's like Kim Kardashian getting a check yes. this out tattoo. I would never. It I, fucking sure makes no TMI, sense. But I have a huge ass and I would never ever do anything to jeopardize that ever. <laughs> you have to, yeah, you have to protect that asset. You can't, it has to speak for itself. It, dude, well, that's, I don't know. I, I don't know if we should 
go down this road at 1130 this deep. Um, but like, that is one of those things where like, it, it, I wonder that about females. Like, what are you thinking when you have, it's, it almost reminds me of like, you got prime real estate, you got beachfront property. Why are you putting up a fence? Sure. Don't maybe, you want the you view? Know, I guess you don't know why people get the tattoos, right? So maybe it's just a self-expression thing or, you know. I or maybe know. it looks I, tight as shit when you're fucking like thonging or like no, you have no bottom on and you're tanning and you just want the yeah. fucking ink. Like whatever, man. Yeah. No judgment. You got one. That's cool. What I'm saying yeah. is ladies, you if, if you got that kind of ass, you probably didn't need that kind of tat. No, probably not. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I com- I completely agree. And I'm glad it's not trendy anymore. I don't think people are doing it anymore. Yeah. The, so the the tram stamp for the girls and the bicep tribal barbed wire tattoo for the guys have to be the two yeah. most fucking like, why oh the God, fuck I did I do this tats? Right? Like, <laughs> This is completely showing how young I am, but I grew up with Spongebob. <laughs> I love Spongebob. Spongebob was my life. And all I can think about when people have those bicep tattoos is when SpongeBob is on the guy's bicep and he's the tattoo and he's the guy flexes and SpongeBob just starts dancing. Anyway, that's just my that's my SpongeBob. It's the best best show. One of my favorites. I think it's so funny. Dude, so where are you considering getting your tattoos? Are you a back of the neck person? Are you gonna shave your head? Are you oh, like yeah, we're never gonna do that. <laughs> um i don't know i that's again i don't know so it's gonna be a while before i get another one no i was gonna get the rocky horror lips on my body and i'm really glad that i waited and didn't because it's just too much i don't know if you know they're like the rocky horror iconic lips no but i'm about to tell me a little bit while i google and you can talk over my clicking on the screen yeah no it's just that's what i wanted to get it's just it's like the lips and i was gonna get like a kind of small version on my forearm and i'm glad i didn't I'm really into the celestial stuff, so I'll probably get like a moon or a star or something basic, bitch, like that, and go oh, from there. Shit. I don't want too much though. I'm I'm really I have really fair skin, so I I like my skin tone, and I don't want to fuck with it too much. Dude, and get a bunch of stuff. The Rocky Horror lips are like uh-huh. growing up with parents who did not have savings or a dental plan. The yeah, teeth right. are so fucked. I know, right? It's that, the, it's that's the what you want. The girl, it's it's the one biting. It's it's yeah, she's biting the lips. It's when she's biting it. Oh my god, dude! I can. Where were you gonna? Where are you? Where were you thinking about putting that fucking Listen, thing? Just on my lips. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> like on the inside of my lips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the tooth. No, um, no, I don't know. I, I I didn't think it through, and which is why I didn't get it. That's why you have to wait. You know, you're impulsive in the moment. 100%. It looks like some fucking weird I saw it. ass clam, dude. <laughs> right? I know. It, it really does. Like, it. it's... Yeah. This is why This is why we think before we act. <laughs> yeah, you should. I'm that good call on your fucking part. Jesus. Yeah. Imagine the there poor motherfucker that, like... It, though, that I, and I thought it looked really, really good on them, so... Where'd you know. see it? Where? Where on them? I don't know. It was on Pinterest. <laughs> oh, you don't know? But what I meant was like what body part? Like bicep? Uh, do they do it on the elbow it's so it seals when they like... I think it's forearm. Okay. 
Yeah, I could see it maybe on the forum. I'm thinking of like the poor schmuck who does like lip to lip ass cheek. Oh my god. Do you know what I'm saying? And then like no. it's just what? like their ass. <laughs> As- oh. Oh yeah, I know what you're saying. Oh my gosh, I just—I so many thoughts went through my mind right now. So many, Jesus. I so many it was so bad, dude. Right? Like these? Yeah, the lip biting picture. You should not have to. You know what? Honestly, I'd rather. Wow, Rocky Lips tattoo by Aaron Lading. Um. One just on a solid ass cheek, on a singular, not both. Oh my god, I see it! I see it. Yep. Do you, are you googling? <laughs> like the fuck? That's so much. That's ridiculous. Can't wait for that to be. No, the black ones are cool. I mean, I'm not gonna get it, but it's pretty cool looking. The black ones got a little golf to them. If you're gonna stay fair skinned, I'd agree. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Stay. What am I gonna do with my skin? <laughs> well, bitch, if you're going on Survivor, that shit's out there. That's that's just gonna get burned. That's probably why I'll probably go home because I have such a severe burn <laughs> that I die. Oh shit! Uh, so I know Rocky Horror tattoos. No to the tramp stamps and a lightning bolt behind your ear. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We might do something else. We'll see. I don't know. I was thinking of a nose piercing, but I'm I'm on the fence. That's way more doable, don't you think? I think so, but I'm afraid I'm going to have a, no- uh, a nose. I'm afraid I'm going to have a nose forever. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to have a hole forever. You know, I don't want a hole in my nose forever. And I'm also just, I'm I'm stressed about the logistics of it. With snot bubbles? Yeah. Or like just when you have sinuses? Eye, like blowing my nose. Yeah, I don't want to get like shit in there. Isn't that what the, the ring does? Like you fucking, oh wait, are you talking about a ring or like a stud? I want a ring. I probably want, well, I don't know. I could do both. I don't know. Either way, it just seems such, like such a nightmare when it comes to like blowing. If you have a cold, can you imagine? That'd be terrible. No, you leave the ring in there. It's just fucking part of you and you're just blowing straight through it. And then like you take it yeah, out. Yeah, but it can get hot on it. You Like what, boogers? Yeah, man. You're fucking like yeah. pulling it out and then you're just like soaking oh, it in whatever. That just is so, that sounds like so much work, but it might be worth it. I feel like it would suit me, but I also don't know. Wait, yeah. So let me get into your, and by the way, you're totally not a millennial if you're all about these like nose piercing and tattoos. Um, What are you talking about? Why? Shut up, Gen Zer. Why are you thinking, (laughs) like, what does that do for you to get your nose pierced? I don't know. It's just edgy. I like it. It's my style. It's a style thing. Ah, that's what it is, right? The edge yeah it's just my my sense of style i like the i like the edgy look got you and that's the yeah. t- point of the tattoo mm, i don't know the tattoo was just kind of something that I'd always wanted it's you can't see it so nobody it's just that was just more for me i thought it was cool because nobody can really see it unless i put my hair up which i really don't often that's actually kind of interesting like why do you get a tattoo what and you just kind of said it but like body art is typically meant to be displayed yeah so i don't know but you know i can display it it's just i have the choice of whether or not i want to so like and i often want to i I do kind of wish it was somewhere else but at the same time i don't know i I like the location because i have the choice 
right? But if it's like, a, hey, man, I was scared of this and now I'm trying not to be scared of this. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see it often enough to like remind you of that? Yeah. I, I mean, quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> when I, when the lightning, when the lightning strikes, I can feel it in my, I can, the tattoo just like pulses. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> it just starts vibrating and I feel comfort and it yeah. protects me. Yeah, it's a magic tattoo. No, I don't know. Shit. I, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, uh, I think it's just, it was fun to get. It's more about the fun and like, you know, you don't want to get a tattoo that means nothing to you, right? Oh, no, so for sure. For sure. For yeah. sure. Um, So how did you get it, man? Tell me that story. How did you get the tattoo? How did I get it? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you mean? Like, well, what, what was the process? I mean, I understand like needles and ink, but like, yeah. like what was the night or what was the day? Like your mom dropped you off. You, you and your girls no. are partying somewhere. You're on a fucking, you just left the Catholic house in Canada and you're like, fuck those bitches. I'm getting a no. tattoo. Like, yeah. how did this happen? I just, um, I had just been thinking about it for a while. It was way post-college. Um, and my friend was also thinking about getting one and she knew the guy that did the tattoos. So we both got our first tattoo together. It was super fun. Oh. It was, there was no, nothing, no special crazy story. It was just, we went and got the tattoos together and it was just, it was exciting. I don't know. What but, did, did, was it matching? Did she get a lightning no. tattoo? No, no. She got something else. What was hers? She had a crown. She was one of my pageant friends. So she got a crown. <laughs> yeah it's cute though it's nice she, but she's she... gotten a ton of tattoos since though she's 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 got them all over now oh yeah she's quite a bit younger too so quite a bit like again like it, it's funny to me when like 24 year olds are like quite a bit younger quite so what does younger. that mean like she's like 14 i'm actually 35 <laughs> i've been learning the whole time no um she's she is in her this is terrible. See, I think she's a junior in college now. Okay, so maybe twenty one. Yeah, she's around not that 20. area. Right? She's twenty. Yeah, she's twenty. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. So we got them. She's probably she she must have been eighteen. She's probably eighteen. Can you not get a tattoo until you're eighteen? Is that the rule? Um, so I I guess legally, but there's a lot of motherfuckers with them before they're yeah. Of I think age. if you have parents or something that come with you, I don't know. Yeah, don't know or if you just pay the motherfucker an extra couple bucks, right? yeah, like, probably right. I mean, it's please give me the tattoo. No doubt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was not the super interesting story I thought I would hear about two Canadian mm-hmm. girls going to get their first tattoo. No, she wasn't even Canadian. It was it was here in New York. So she's yeah. Oh. No, we just kind of went and did it. It was not it was nothing crazy. I kind of felt like a bad influence because you know she was eighteen and I was like I don't know twenty one, twenty three. I don't know how old, I don't know how old we were, but so it was your like, idea. Yeah, because I'm kind of no. It was yeah, it was, it was a yeah, collective. It was. Listen. Come on, man. Come on, man. No, there is no collective idea. Someone fucking suggests it, and then the other person agrees. You're right. So I don't know who did it. <laughs> But anyway, I felt like a bad influence because I was always kind of her mentor in life. When she was growing up, I met her when she was like 14 years old and I was, I don't know, 17. I don't know the ages, but anyway, she, um, yeah, so I felt bad. I felt like I was 
steering her in the wrong direction, but I don't know. And you led her down a dark web path of just tattoo dark after web. tattoo. Yeah, now she's involved in the deep web. Golly, uh, uh, it's so funny. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. No, no interesting story about the tattoo. Although I did, I was dating someone at the time who had a very big problem with it. So serial dater. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Right. This is this is before even any of the other ones that I've talked about. But yeah, he had a, he had a big problem with it. And we had a very, and I don't, I've never really had fights with anybody I've dated, but this was, this was a pretty big fight. That, that was the first time I've ever, you know, I never had fought with anybody and, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I never have since. So, but we had a big fight about this tattoo and it's like the smallest, tiniest tattoo in the world. And he had a big problem with it because he was against tattoos so dude no you can't again like you can't do that thing where you're hella vague and just leave uh, me fucking hanging man like what are you talking about this big ass fight about a tattoo and then i'm not one to have fights but i do have fights no i mean really i i never i'm i'm, I'm number one i'm very non-confrontational so i just i hate fights and stuff but this guy was just so against this tattoo i had the lightning it, bolt a little tiny lightning bolt in the back of my ear and he just was like i'm not you know i don't have to like it all this stuff and it was just it was this whole like here's the whole thing he's like this is a metaphor for you know you have to check with me on these things i'm like i don't have to check with, with you on anything bitch like we're not <laughs> we're not married and even if we were fuck you so you know it was like this whole thing you know he's a pretty conservative dude so no dude you gotta stop doing the thing thing and you gotta give well because you're like this whole conservative thing it's a storytelling thing i know well no yeah and like i don't want to be mean to anyone yeah and you don't want to shit on people but at the same time when i like if this actually posts you're over three hours at this point ain't nobody fucking listening but you and me um yeah so wait like your hair's down you can't see this tattoo why is my man having like? Was he sweating you from like the Catholic house days? Is that his issue? No, no I just met him. I met him in Northern New York, and he just, just a very conservative guy, and didn't like tattoos on people. And I went and got one, and you know he was pretty open about you know if you get one, I'm not going to be super happy with it. And then I got it, and he was all, he was just very. You could tell he was upset, and it was one of those things where you know he's like, "Well, I don't have to like it and all this stuff," and it just you could tell it was grinding on him. Right. And we just eventually talked about it a little bit more, and he was just not he he found it to be kind of a metaphor for me not checking with him on things, and I think this guy thought that the two of us were end game, and it just oh. was you know. So he was like, he Dude, you know he was so thinking to himself, young. you know, she's gonna go buy a dog or something without my permission, and I'm like well, you know, this is my body. It's my choice of what I want to do with it. So even if, even if that is how you feel, then I just don't think you're justified in feeling that way about something I did for me. And if you don't like it, then sorry. It was one of those. Is he like, was he your age at that time or is he an older guy? He's a bit older. I mean, not, not too much older. I think he was, gosh, I was, I don't know. Like I said, I was probably 21, 22 and he was, I think he was 27, 28. Oh, yeah. Then that's why. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Why? What do you mean? Well, it's fucking classic, man. Like, dudes at that time are like, 
staking territory on shit. They're fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, like that motherfucker should have known like, dude, you're dating a fucking 20 year old and she gets a tattoo and you're going to be pissed. You know what you need to be excited about that? You're dating a fucking 20 year old dumbass. Enjoy that shit. (laughs) Right. Now I know. Fuck bro. Right. Like, well, but you know, I, I also just thought it was really irrational. I was just like, man, it's just a tattoo. It's so tiny. My whole family was like, geez, what a crazy idea. (laughs) To be so upset about this tattoo. It was a oh, whole thing. Dude, we stayed together. We dated for a year and a half. So, I mean, it was. Oh, wow. Like after? Yeah. No, I would say we probably. Mm, before? Before it was probably the halfway tat- in. It was probably halfway in that oh. I did that. And then afterwards, yeah. it's just awkward ass conversations with breadsticks and white wine at Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? No. Yeah, it was interesting. He's like, just put your fucking hair down. <laughs> yeah, I know. If I had gotten a nose ring, he probably would have combusted. Man. No, he's a good guy, though. Just yeah, man. Hey, a little shout- bit different belief system. Yeah, shout out to you, man. Dude, yeah. great job. Great job. Yeah. Great job. Great he's job being guy. open. I've yeah. never had any bad. I've never dated anybody really bad. I've never had that. I've had really good. I've, I've been lucky. I've had good relationships. Yeah. I guess that's one weird thing. Like when you ask people to like tell their stories, you don't want them to like shit on other people. Um, mm-hmm. So totally not trying to do that. If anybody actually gets no. this far, yeah. but it is at the same time, like wicked interesting to understand what shapes a relationship and like what people take as, offensive and like a breaking point right like dude that's a fucking like non maybe maybe non-negotiable is too hard but like it's kind of fucked up man like why why do you fucking care like let's get some perspective over what's going on versus what you're feeling type shit exactly exactly it's so funny and you know i don't don't think it was about a tattoo right you know you know in those little arguments you're like this isn't about a tattoo (laughs) this is about something deeper you know right so yeah that's what i was getting at so like what was it more like the lack of control yes thousand percent i'm pretty sure gotcha I think so. I think it was not not necessarily control because I don't think he was trying to do that. I just think he, I think he was older and he was ready to settle down, and I think he knew I wasn't. So I think that probably bothered him a little, you know. Yeah. And he wanted to settle down. I know he did. That was, that was he 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 thought that I was his person. So that must have been really hard how'd to kind of see that happen. How'd you guys meet? Being so like age. Yeah. Oh gosh, this is a story. This is actually a crazy story. Should I not? I oh. mean, I'm kind of out of wine, but I no, no, really no, no. want to listen. Yeah, no, it's fine. I um, so actually, her my sister dated his brother for like years and years and years, like eight or eight or nine years when they were like in high school. Whoa, whoa, whoa. say she... that one more time for me. Your sister dated the guy that was upset about you getting a tattoo. No. Oh my God. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jeez. No, my, my sister dated his brother. Gotcha. So okay. His okay. Brother. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh I, my God. I'm totally Ew, fucking zoned out. Yeah, dude. That's disgusting. That, I was oh about God, to judge the fuck out of you. That's oh God, all I was saying. Imagine? 
Okay. I'm sorry. Can you imagine? I oh, apologize. No. So they dated. It is late. No, no, no. We've I've I've clearly been drinking way too much. I apologize. I'll shut up. Tell your story. <laughs> no, so they dated. So um I knew I knew this guy for for a while because they dated for eight years. And then they obviously broke up and I hadn't seen him for years and years and years. And then I saw him at the gym and I was like, wow, okay, you're grown up. And, you know, he said the same thing. So we just kind of started talking and kind of just had a. When when you say, wow, you're grown up, the dude's fucking six, seven years older than you. Like you were grown up enough to now like notice my man's grown up. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm, um, I was, I'm, um, seven years younger than my sister. Oh shit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so they were you're fucking like, older. yeah, you're so in we like middle school. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he was five years older than me at that, at that point, the guy, the guy that I was dating. So, yeah. um, not too bad. Um, but anyway, yes. So now, yeah, well, five years isn't too bad if you're in your thirties, but if sure, you're in your but, like teens, it's completely in fucked your early up. 20s. And yeah. then and then twenties is so like uh like early twenties, five years, kinda of yeah, fucked up. Late twenties, five years, uh, I get it. Well, the difference that the difference that those years make in your early twenties, you know, even from twenty to twenty-four now, I'm a completely different person, right? Because oh, you yeah. grow up so much. So like the amount of grown up in the in the years since I haven't been dating him is crazy. So the, he must have been. He was super. He was a super conservative. Very, you know, he was a very mature guy. And so he there there was definitely that gap where not that I wasn't mature, but um, you know, there's definitely the gap of lifestyles and him wanting to settle down and me definitely not wanting to. <laughs> so you're a gym rat. He's a gym rat. Like mm. he's coming after you. He's like, Hey, do you need a spot? No. Like, how does he, <laughs> No, we just knew each other. So, you know, we knew each other from before. Cause you know, our families obviously knew each other. You can't help but know that the other family, when these people date for eight years. So, you know, we were just chatting again and I don't know, it just kind of sparked a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it was an interesting um, dynamic. Because. It was because the history between my sister and his brother, I was just like, oh, crazy. I'm being silent for a reason. Why? I was hoping you would get a little deeper into this no, is it, history yeah, I thing. Know. Like, I, I, I guess that's weird. So, like, sisters well, people... can't date brothers or... It no, went, they can. It's just, it's just a really interesting dynamic because, you know, it's these people like my sister and his brother dated for, you know, eight, eight years or whatever, and so there's that history. So you kind of, you know, I had to like talk to my sister about it and see if she was cool with it, and like, it, it's just like kind of strange because, you know, that that would probably, you know, if we say we were serious, say it ended up being that we get married or whatever the end is. You're the, those people are going to have to see each other again and it's just kind of a weird thing you know gotcha. with that much history jesus so you're giving it that much foresight at that young of an age yeah i'm a slouch i knew what i was doing wow. i've always been kind of middle i've always been pretty emotional and kind of an old soul oh, i really yeah. have i know that's cliche but dude i i'm almost positive when you said manhattan i called you an old soul on yeah, top of yeah. like fucking whatever blues singing and all of that shit. Like 
you can totally tell that man like you don't sound fucking 24 any like yeah. anywhere near 24 mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i just you know you uh, i'm very sensitive and i just couldn't help but think of that too so i don't know well when i merge these two fuckers together and who knows who will make it this far but olivia i believe you just eclipsed Kristen <laughs> for the oh longest fucking podcast dude like you almost got this bitch to three and a half hours so Jeez. olivia survivalist is oh, there geez. anything we do not know about you that we should <laughs> i don't think so i think i've told my entire life story <laughs> i think that's about it <laughs> awesome yeah i think you got it Dude, well, dude, I'm so fucking glad I got to spend an extra hour and a half with you busting out some shit. What was the red wine? I believe it was a um a California blend, a Robert Mo- oh. Robert Mondavi. Um, oh, Robert is he's a gem. We love Robert. Do you really? Like dude, fucking for well in Delaware, it's fucking $13, 12.99 a bottle. Like it's a That's quality a blend where Yeah. You feel decent, you know, you're not, you enjoy it. Yeah, that's good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. What was the white wine you were drinking? Um, I started with, I don't even remember. It was just something (laughs) in the fridge that, (laughs) there's something in the fridge I just grabbed and poured. And then I moved on to Prosecco, a little bubbly. (laughs) Good for you. You know? That's what quarantine does to you. Dude, don't it? Like, it's fucking amazing. Again, like, when else, and this is something interesting, like just as a side note, and mm-hmm. again, because I think we're, well, um, we're both at, right? Same time zone. 11.50 mm-hmm. on a Saturday night. When mm-hmm. the fuck else are you actually like, I'm a couple of drinks in and you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to fucking take a Zoom call with a stranger yeah. and add another hour and a half to a weird podcast conception just because you know that that's what quarantine does it's it's pretty cool it's that's a pretty cool thing that's you know it's different dude at the end of the day it actually is kind of fucking cool like honestly for me to just understand different people different regions different thought processes which is why i ask the question processes which is why i like ask questions about you know tattoos and breakups and all that kind of shit because it's like oh shit that's what you were thinking you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah because you know every every thing that you do is a choice somehow dude for sure and like i i really feel like the environment and where you grow up and your influences affect that and if you don't grow up with the same type of shit like it really it can limit your understanding to be empathetic towards others who have had mm-hmm. different situations. Exactly. A hundred percent. All right, man. Hey, three thirty. you got the fucking record. Great job. Great yeah. job, girl. Oh my gosh. Look at me go. <laughs> the naked and afraid people are going to win. I feel like you're going to have too many questions. I, God, I hope so. I really hope I don't fucking punk out and I just no, fucking have, go. You have to. You have to. Yeah. If you so, don't, I'm going to message them and ask. Yeah, so dude, send me a message tomorrow. I'm supposed to meet with my man Luke at six. Can you give me a six fifty-five message of like don't be a bitch? 
fucking man up. Just some like I'm your new secretary. Just just some fucking like like some tribal survivor. It's you and me against two other people, and it's fucking all we got. And we'll, give me a motivational speech tomorrow. Well, it's I would six fifty five p.m. No six. No, I'm asking you to five fifty. Oh shit! Do I say six? Yeah, he said six fifty-five. Sorry, yeah, I'm. I'm supposed to meet up with Luke at six. P.M. P.M. So okay. five fifty-five, five fifty. Just get get my mind right. A little motivational. Hey, man, you know you got balls I'll for a reason. You got balls for a reason, bro. Fucking use them. Like some shit mm-hmm. like that. You know, just so I don't fucking freak out. Mostly, I just we we must know the answer to this question. Coitus. Coitus. What fucking happens, bro? Tell us about it. (laughs) Yeah, you have to tell us. Dude, that is something I I like it would be a glorious study. Like what are the babies coming out from naked and afraid? Yeah, I know. I mean, oh god, I gotta know. I gotta know, because how do you not? Yeah. Dude, like so so it's not perverted to think that way right like just fucking no, human nature we're human beings and we're all horny so like it's just what it is right like regardless of stank you just are fucking rubbing yeah i don't think i don't think i don't know if you notice the stank i don't think you do i think you get used if you're with someone enough you probably get used to it and probably would become attracted to you attractive Ooh, to you eventually pheromones that's a great point yeah thousand percent of course there's no way there's no way that they're not no way olivia i want you to use your stank to your advantage on survivor (laughs) i will never (laughs) i think that they they must allow they i know that they allow shaving now they never used to oh really yeah because nobody has hair so i'm like excuse me you must like at least the women so right they must so I wonder if they allow, I'm sure that they don't, but there's an ocean right there. I'm not going to stink. Yeah. See, that's a great know. point too. Like if you got some yeah. actual decent water, there ain't no reason. Yeah. Like just fucking well, go take Well, do they have dip. water on Naked and Afraid? Depends where you're at, man. Um, They might have like some stagnant rivers that they got to like fucking uh, boil for fresh drinking water, but it's not, I don't know if it's bathable, if that makes sense. It's like, it's like yeah. the sex cologne. The water is the, the bathing, the, the pre-coitus alone. It's the temptation pond. Yeah, you just, pond. you just. So, as the cameraman, are you zoning yeah. in on the girl in the pond or the guy watching the girl in the pond? What's your, what's your angle? No, I don't want to be. I don't want to do the the voyeuristic crap. You know, you don't want to be that guy. So you're going with like the wolf that's like licking his no, chops. Yeah, yes. Yeah, we're gonna do the symbolism because we don't want to be. We don't want to be problematic. Gotcha. So we're gonna do the symbolism. So you find the beetles that are mating, and you're just like yeah. tight, yeah. tight shots, yes. tight shot. Just going at the praying mantises. The mantises? That feels wrong. Is that wrong? Mantis. Mantis. Mantis eye. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Don't even fuck with me. It's not mantis eye. I thought I so thought you would disagree at this point. Oh, oh my god! But anyway, you find the whatever, and they're fucking. I don't know. That's Jesus what I would do. Christ. That's that would be the that would be the angle. Got you. Hey, so if anyone ever listens to this and they're wondering, should I hire Olivia? The yes. answer is fuck yes. She self censors. Yeah. She is mature and she is ready to be a cutthroat bitch and get you what you need. Oh, 100%. Hire me. (laughs) 
they're gonna be like i am not hiring this girl dude no oh, they're they're totally all on they're totally all on jesus uh, olivia man <laughs> i'm so glad you uh wanted to come back on and i'm so glad yeah. i can add this fucking encore segment to this shit dude yeah this is fun yeah this is so fun dude oh we should have like honestly we should have been day drinking the whole time and it would have been okay. like rocky horror would have been way better <laughs> yeah. yeah right right oh my gosh you gotta right. watch it no dude i'm not tonight but i definitely will like yeah i gotta fucking get to bed with my old dinner yeah. ass man, it's time yeah uh, dude i really appreciate olivia thank you so much man um yeah let's stay in touch dude it was great getting okay. to know you for sure thanks right. bye bye Three and a fucking half hours. Jesus Christ, Olivia. We really appreciate your spirit, openness, and honesty. Thanks for the encore idea. We here hope that the encore idea actually becomes something big, huge, and important. Shout out to Fried Pickles. Hey. The next time you're trying to decide on that perfect sensual snack, wrap those fingers around a plump, dried pickle. They're just the right amount of phallic symbolism and wholesomeness that every American and global citizen should enjoy. Fuck, man, if you've made it this far, you can make it to a review star. <laughs> oh, poet didn't even know it. Hopefully five of them. Or something even more simple. Friend and follow the pod. We don't just want guests to friend and follow us. We want you. The listeners as well. You are a part of this. Whatever this is. And we appreciate you. We want you to interact with us. So let us know who you are. Friend, follow, subscribe. We try to make it convenient for you by being on all sorts of fucking social media and podcast sites. Jesus. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Pods, iHeart, Google Play, and fucking TuneIn, LinkedIn. I can't fucking remember, but every other place you can find a pod, we will be there. Please support our efforts. Thank you. And we're Audi 5000. <laughs>